If you are receiving this transmission, you are the resistance. Pass to the left. Hey, it is August. Mort? I don't know, bro. It really. It's August 8th, 2022. This is Skywatch. Leading a frontal assault on the lies of the New World Order. And I want you to roll it all in one joint. No one's ever been brave enough to try that. One man is. Roll it. Your co-host, Shaw, with your other co-hosts in the Valley of the Sun, Luda. Hey, guys. I'm smoking with you, bro. We'll go to the Looney Bin together. I don't give a fuck. Good morning, bro. How are you? Doing awesome. Great. How's the, how's the sky in the Valley of the Sun? We got a lot to talk about that. It's been a pretty intense week with tracing and uh, storm seeding. Storm seeding. You also mentioned monsoon season last time. But I've also been talking about something for a few weeks, uh, that there was a domestic terror attack last month, and the month kind of went by. But, you know, we live in America, and domestic attacks, terror attacks are not uncommon. So there was another, fortunately... Uh, yeah, of course. And, you know, why, why would they talk about any of the other gun violence going on in the country? Too many distractions, too many bigger terror attacks. Let's put it that way. Unless it's a school being shot up, no one cares. But funny enough, I think it's appropriate to bring up again because I was just going, you know, existing online and came across something that actually happened out in your hood. Um, we talk about being in the same cities on the 33rd parallel, and <laughs> I get news about domestic terror attacks happening out in your hood. Are you familiar with Chandler, Arizona? Yes, I am. That would be really close to the 33rd parallel. Yeah, it's, uh, that's a nice little area on the East Valley side of town, uh, predominantly uh, Caucasian, and uh, nice family homes. Yeah. So this is from August 1st, 2022, uh, from the Chandler Fashion Center. Are all your malls called Fashion Center? Because, like, I'm pretty sure <laughs> no, the only one the we nice live ones. next to. Only the nice also... ones. The Chandler Fashion Center and Scottsdale Fashion Center are the only two. <laughs> well, that's just our luck then. Uh, yeah, so did you know someone popped off out there on August no. 1st? I yeah, dude, this that. is such a this is such a weird story, and um, this kid's only 19 years old, has three face tattoos, can't even keep his eyes open for the mugshot. Um, and let me read this whenever I can pull it up. Right, those fentanyl pills. <sighs> you know, unfortunately, I think these are completely 100% prescribed. <laughs> so here we go on august 1st 2022 at 6 58 p.m chandler police were dispatched to the chandler fashion center located at 3111 west chandler boulevard regarding a shooting 
As officers arrived, they determined that a male suspect in his late teens to early 20s with numerous tattoos discharged 30 rounds from an AR-15 assault rifle into the air. Police located the discharged shell casings in the southwest parking lot of the mall. As I wonder if I just had fingerprints all over them? Oh, we'll get into kind of like why I'm bringing this up is because of, you know, how great their detective work is. Um, police determined an incident between the male suspect and an individual led to the shooting. Before the shooting, the male suspect pointed a rifle at a victim demanding property. The male suspect fled the location in a vehicle before the arrival of police. Police found no one was injured and no damage to property. Chandler police detectives identified the male suspect as 19-year-old Nathaniel Anthony Venser. Police did not locate Venser on the evening of August 1st, 2022. Anything to say about any of that? Um, well, I would just like to say is it sounds like an armed robbery from what I'm hearing, but also my experiences in the past, I have a felony from shooting a weapon in the air when I was about 21 years old. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I relate to this situation very well. So I'm, that's why I'm kind of just listening to it because it really has a lot to do with my past and how it changed my whole life from that point on in my life. So I wasn't robbing anybody, but definitely, definitely, definitely changed the course of my life. You also don't have any face tattoos. No, that. I'll, I'll post up these pictures to our Instagram later so you can get a great old look at this. Um, okay. You know how kind of what we're working on is keeping these things separate until we talk about them. So yeah, I have no so, idea what you're talking about. So yeah, I'm listening. So we haven't talked all week. I well, we have, but well, not about any of these not, things. Not any of these yeah. things. So here we go with more. At 10:34 a.m. on August 2nd, 2022. So this is the next day. Okay. Police were dispatched to Chandler Fashion Center with reports from security of Venser shopping inside the mall. As officers arrived, video surveillance captured Venser shopping. Police arrested Venser at 11.03 a.m. Venser was unarmed and wearing the same baseball cap he purchased at the mall before the shooting on August 1st, 2022. Wow. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm, <laughs> take, I'm taking it all in. No, that's, the, that's really the end of it because the rest is just uh, a bunch of uh, charges and what jerking off by the with? cops. Huh? What did they charge him with? Oh, I guess you do want to know all that. All right. Venser was booked in the Maricopa County Jail on one count of armed robbery, a violation of ARS 13-1904A1, Class 2 felony, one count of aggravated assault, violation, a Class 3 felony, one count of possession of weapon, violation, a Class 4 felony, and 30 counts of unlawful discharge of a firearm, a class 6 felony. So, wow. They're yeah, giving him a charge for every single bullet he fired. Yeah, you know, I was going to tell you, they tried to do that to me. They gave, they, they charge you for two years for every bullet. It's yeah. called Shannon's Law. So, basically, when I was 21, they tried to give me nine years in prison because somebody pulled a weapon out on me. And Actually, not on me. On my two friends, they were military on a leave from Iraq and Afghanistan. This was back in 2007. And I knew that my friend Ignacio, who was protecting me, and I was ignoring the guys. And he went to the car. I went to the car and I grabbed his weapon. And I shot in the air. And they tried to give me nine years. I told the police what happened. I gave them a, a report because they came. And because I told them the truth, I got, I got felonies for my whole life from that. <laughs> yeah, don't talk to cops. That would be my best advice. I learned that the hard way. 
<laughs> Likewise. Um, and, the truth. <laughs> and honestly, that's just a standard practice of police. When they're writing you up on the here and now, when things are going down, it's their standard practice to just put everything and anything onto that little notepad and see what sticks. And see what sticks and not have any, yeah. They're not trained in writing up, you know, books and stuff. <laughs> oh, they're, yeah. My, so I have some experience as well, too, of when, when I was pulled over and brutalized in North Texas, Denton County, uh, back in 2015, I was just speeding on the highway and then it turned into a whole ordeal where I spent 13 hours in holding and came out with a bloody leg. Uh, you know, they, they tried to say that my blood alcohol was almost two times the legal limit and a whole bunch of possession of many drugs and for people that can't afford lawyers or hell even what was bail that night, like $10,600 and they need it in cash. Like you, if you're a private citizen, you're not allowed to pay in, with checks or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so uh that's their standard practice and i did not want to get into any of that with this story what i did want to get into actually was the real terror attack that happened a month before this Dallas. one at the chandler shooting mall oh. no in um georgia actually oh. so in elbert county georgia i'm sure a lot of people are familiar with this um right now where is but, that actually located? North Georgia, or is that? Because I want to ask. Because the only reason I'm asking because is this on the 33rd parallel as well? You know, it very well it may be, be it's because it's called the Stonehenge of America, so it's oh, probably yeah, yeah, on yeah, some yeah. parallel. I think, close to it. I think that is. I know that it got destroyed. I heard. Yeah, it did get destroyed, and that's what I'm saying. People are familiar with it, um, especially after a month going by. It's not really a current event anymore, but. Uh, let's just, for those who do not know what any of this is about, the Georgia Guidestones, this is from Wikipedia, a granite monument that stood in Elbert County, Georgia, United States from 1980 to 2022. I love reading that until 2022. It was 19 feet, three inches tall, and made from six granite slabs weighing a total of 237,746 pounds, over 100,000 kilograms. The structure was sometimes referred to as the Stonehenge of America. The creators, according to Wikipedia, uh, believed that there was going to be an upcoming social, nuclear, economic calamity, and they wanted the monument to serve as a guide for humanity in the world which would exist after it. It initially garnered little controversy, but it ultimately became the subject of conspiracy theories which alleged that it was connected to Satanism. On the morning of July 6, 2022, the Guidestones were heavily damaged in a bombing, and it was dismantled later that day. So, and it, yeah, I, I looked into a little bit about it. Um, there wasn't really much details, like I said, and I didn't really, I, I didn't really know where I was going. I, just looked, I started looking more into about who created them and stuff like that, and how there was just a whole bunch of shell companies that. You know, there was it's hidden. The person who actually made them. I really don't know too much about anything else after that. And this is why they want to silence uh, everybody that they want to silence, because you can just go to the government's list of people that they absolutely do not want you to listen to, because all of those people know the names of the creators of these horrific monuments and statues and 
have done the history, done the work of going out and interviewing people who are now dead and getting the names and et cetera, et cetera. And this is something I want to talk about. God, it's going to probably be two weeks from now now um, about how <laughs> I <hate> that too. <laughs> just listening, how, how if we're going to become dependent on the Internet and Google so much for our information and stuff like that, the, we just have to live in this state of unknowing, which is absolutely far away from base reality and is the first step in how we understand weaponized behavioral mind control. Get people to believe false reality, and then you can control every single second after their false belief. The Maya. So, so whenever Wikipedia says, and and they just did it right there in, in the little passage that I was reading. They didn't they didn't state the name. Um, and according to our good friend Alex Jones, the creator <laughs> of the Georgia Guidestones, is the same person who created CNN, Ted Turner. Would, That's exactly Turner. what I was thinking about. So according to Alex Jones, Ted Turner is a funder and the opposite of Nate Turner. Boy. Never heard that name, uh, or it's not it's, ringing any bells. From the 1800s, uh, this old slave that was rebelling. All right. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, kind of like what you're saying, there is. There was no, well, you tried doing some research about it and you couldn't find a lot. Um, do you remember that individual from the Black Liberation Movement that we were talking about years ago uh, from the NFAC and the man by the name of Grandmaster J? Yeah, Grandmaster J, yeah, I remember when they were the whole movement. Yeah, of course I do. He visited the Georgia Guidestones. Oh, and, um, and so many people have. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I really wish I did. I've had an inkling. I had a feeling to go visit Georgia back in 2021. Um, and I actually lived just, out in Atlanta in 2007. Did you ever visit? Did you? No, ever I never by? left Atlanta. I was in my materialistic partying stage. <laughs> okay. Um so yes, steer very cleared away from the rural mind. Oh, I I didn't out. go out until twelve o'clock at night, and I didn't come, and I didn't stay out, I didn't do anything in the daytime. No, my life was a whole different story then. <laughs> Likewise, same. Two thousand and seven, I was twenty one years old. Well, for me, I was still in uh, I think middle school. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, among the many people who have gone out there and visited that is not the case right they all talk about how there's surveillance out there how there's cameras watching them grandmaster jay specifically talked about how he was out there and it was completely deserted but because he was a black man dressed up in a in he was a, probably not a black man he was probably with a bunch of black men <laughs> yeah he definitely rolled up with the, yeah he rolled with, up <laughs> yeah he, 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 pulled, he pulled up, up with security and, and, and <laughs> wearing bulletproof vests they got their ARs um and they're you know they're all black they're keeping it up to code they pulled up and they talked up to about code, how, for sure. and they talked about how they got pulled up on like within an hour by not the police, but like some good old boys talking about like what are y'all doing here, like what's going on. So 
there's surveillance um, out there. And let's compare this, right, to the little situation that I just read that happened at the Fashion Center Mall. Okay, um, <laughs> video surveillance captured our, our man Venser shopping. And then they also identified on his head the hat that he's he unarmed and wearing the same baseball cap he purchased at the mall before the shooting on August 1st, 2022. So, sounds like they got cameras in both places. Um, oh, I, would... I love how you put that all together. It's Because it is like China here, as I want to say, like China. Uh, <laughs> but the fact is, we do have surveillance over. I knock on doors for a living. I sell solar. So I go knock on doors all day and stare at the sky. Uh, I'm outside all day, all along. And basically, I there's a camera on everybody's door. Every there's a, single there's a door camera has on a everybody's camera. door and above their and above their above their house mm-hmm. on the corner of their house. Mm-hmm. Everybody has at least four cameras on their house. Everybody's mm-hmm. house is spying on your house or on the street. There's not a damn thing that could get by a street. Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh, shit. Um, I know that. And part <laughs> of, but and this it's a little different scenario. Um, you know, to to give the naysayers a little bit of doubt, right? To give them a little bit of, to entertain the doubters a little bit. Uh, this is a monument on a rural backcountry road, uh, but still, there is surveillance out there. Um, our boy Alex Jones, our general Alex Jones, was able to show some video. I recommend everybody go to Bandot Video and watch the broadcast transmissions from the day this happened and the day right after uh, he opened up the phone lines and you know all the patriots calling in uh giving their two cents about it and as always just crashing through the lies and disinformation of the official narrative which is why they want to shut everybody down it's artificial uh, some some form of ambiguity the military produced a 30 page document about how to confuse and lie to the american people with different scenarios and shit like that so whenever they start hiding Basically, sources just put a system of a down album on toxicity and you'll get the whole spiel <laughs> but let's just can we, can we talk about i was completely my guess we had a guest last week of well not a guess who thought if Nancy Pelosi was actually going to show up in Taiwan because the day before was like a real big at ease, I was like, man, I don't know if they're going to let her go, you know? And she still rolled up, and I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I was right. It didn't even matter. Yeah, it didn't even matter. I, did, I thought it was going to matter a little bit more, but then I did a little bit of research a little bit more, and just an invasion of that island would be more than D-Day. And it's just like a ridiculous task to even take so much work. Oh, oh, for nothing. Did you ever come across any of the real industry reports? Yeah. No, no, it's because about? it's TWC, the Taiwan, Taiwan uh, their micro semiconductor plants. I looked, I did the research. I saw it's all owned by one company. It has a GDP. <laughs> their, their company is one of the fifth largest and our eighth largest companies in the whole entire world. You know what I mean? They do like, right. their GDP is the same as Turkey is Taiwan. Oh, for sure, but you didn't get all the way down the oh. whole... Oh, the um, semiconductors? Yeah, well, right. they, sell, they sell them to China and to the United States. Well, they can't go there and just sell, that's, that's just some... Um, weapons. 
Exactly. That's the bottom of the rabbit hole right there. Yeah, there it's it's not, this isn't, these aren't semiconductors for your toaster oven or your refrigerator or even your iPhones. These are Well, when I used to live in Los Angeles, I lived right next to LAX is where you Raytheon, Boeing, uh, Northern Grumming, every single one of those. I lived in Hermosa Beach right there by our Pie Del Rey. So basically all the little bars I would hang out were just all the missile heads. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the part of Texas that I live in, in North Texas, we got Raytheon, we got, oh, we got so many that it's just depressing, honestly, how many military industrial complex companies are out here. The name Um, of the street by the Air Force Base in Fort Worth when I was working out in Fort Worth by you when I was knocking on doors in White Settlement, the neighborhood called White Settlement next mm -hmm. to the Fort Worth uh, Air Force Base out there is called, uh, what is it called? Northern Grumming Way, or, or yeah, it's like Lockheed, Lockheed Way, like every road's named after these companies. Yeah, so the point is that these are super high-tech semiconductors. There's no doubt about that. There's no doubt about a lot of the official narrative when they say that 90% of semiconductors are coming out of Taiwan. It can't it's, be replicated. Uh, but yeah. And it's not technology that you or I need or anybody else listening here needs. Nope. Or uh, unless you are a complete uh, sold person on the Internet of Things and such like that, that you believe every single refrigerator needs a microprocessor in it, then uh, this is this still isn't Tell my grandma that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think people who want toasters to be smart don't really care about your grandma but these my point is is that the processors and the widgets coming out of taiwan are not for those people either so crypto people um shouldn't be worried about taiwan either because essentially like you said uh the chips are for the military industrial complex so not anything an american needs to worry about I personally like uh, how the fighters said it. They tried to send a boxer to Vietnam, and he said it best, in my opinion. He said, ain't nobody overseas ever called me a bad word. So, um, nobody in Taiwan ever called me a terrorist in nope. sixth grade. Uh, it's it's kind of the, the enemies inside the house right now, literally inside the House of Representatives. Well- I, can, I don't know if you it's okay for me to speak about this, but I have to say something. Uh, behind your house, somebody wrote terrorist things on your wall that I saw in Texas in a very nice neighborhood, and, and, and that was out of control. You guys are from, families from India, and yeah. it was wrote, it was wrote things just by the way they think they look different. That was yeah, I don't, I don't consider fence riders my enemy. Uh, I consider them uneducated and yes. misguided. But when I say the call is coming from inside the House, I mean the House of Representatives, Congress, and the, by extension, lobbyists that are making a career out of pillaging and raping the rest of us. The good old Viking boys. That's really uh, the one thing that I had. uh, I wanted to jump into what I've been seeing across the sky here in Phoenix this week. Uh, From Well, not just Phoenix, from Mesa to Phoenix. I've been in. I have it all dated. If we ever want to check out the Instagram we have, go ahead and give that Instagram a shout out. What is it? The Skywatch I, Podcast. The links are in 
every single episode. You can go look at the reels. I have every day about four reels that I show for the progression from the start in the morning till the end of the evening. When it starts off with a clear blue sky, I'm talking the clearest blue sky you can think of in the morning. And then I live right here next to Luke Air Force Base, uh, primarily the F-16s, I believe, there. But I've been seeing different jets that are more high-tech. Uh, they basically go start off in the morning real early before any of you I wake up before the sun, the sun rises. And they start putting lines out there uh, below south. They basically along baseline, which is the halfway point of our city, of a state, and the and of our city, Phoenix, and or they'll spray in Mesa. They'll start off in the beginning in the East Mesa, and they'll start the lining out there. And basically, it creates a vac, like what a volcano would do, of smoke type of screen like thing that they use in warfare, and it covers the city, and it looks like artificial clouds. Uh, I constantly catch them making them. Nobody else sees them because as they start to dissipate, they get wider and wider, and then they stay there. They hover. So to me, it really looks as if they're doing ways to cover the sun from blocking so much heat into the city and at the same time seeding for storms to come into the city and draw them in because I'll notice there'll be one jet that flies and it leaves this massive, I'm talking... Independence Day size move from the movie uh, smoke or like a trail behind it after it just starts to spread and it goes right over the middle of the city looking like something 20 times the size anything bigger than we have that left it and then it'll slowly spread out and then I'll notice the big clouds from the up north or down south will start to come into the valley but they'll have like a pinpoint where there's like coming towards that actual line it's kind of crazy i see similar things out here in dallas too uh what's really sad is i have cousins who live in new york california florida and things like that and they have i mean they're living in places everywhere some of my cousins that are living in high rises in manhattan uh mine's across the street I know, but what's so sad about these people is that, uh, like I told my cousin who lives in the high-rise, I was just like, go out to your balcony and, like, show me, like, what you see out there, right? Uh He doesn't even see the sky. You know what he sees out out of his balcony? He sees another building. No, he sees another building. Oh, oh, he sees another building. Another building that's, like, fucking hundreds of stories in front of him. So, he can't see the sky, like... Makes like 300k a year, more than that, doing his own stuff. But I I've know actually been look, just... watching little video clips from other stores, like actually like uh, news. They were showing the news in like the Washington D.C. and they had the White House in the back, and I was seeing the exact same clouds that I see here. These just these little misty things that look like if you lived by the beach. You know what I mean? When you live by the beach, you get these clouds, those little white clouds that you can see through. Like it's kind of like a, a face, but not in Phoenix. Phoenix, you don't get either get a blue sky or you got some thick, fluffy white clouds or you got these dust storms coming in. Not these half clouds that are so thin like pancakes and make the sky all white by the end of the day. It starts off blue and ends up white. And it, it it's either they're ca- causing sickness, making people not get sick. Because remember in China, Wuhan, what they did was... They sprayed sanitizer they sprayed the in the city. air. They did spray sanitizer in the air. All over the place. 
But then so, there's also reports of them also spraying COVID in the air. So, so I, I mean, like I said, your guess is as good as mine. There's like a multitude of things, but that's why they spent so much money to make these fighter jets. These fighter jets have way more technology than just sending missiles. They have canisters that they get to put under each one of those wings that just are exploding stuff in the sky. Absolutely, and that's what the semiconductors are for—to make yeah. more intricate technology to attack people. That's what the military-industrial complex is for. We have to be very vigilant of who we put in charge, what their motives are, who their enemies are. I think Joe Biden's been very clear that he is not a fan of the American people um, in many different ways, and our current jam-through spending bill that wants to sick the IRS onto regular Americans even harder is just further evidence. Um, every day I'm awake and just looking at things bring up hundred more things for us to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, you know I mean? Yeah. I spend hours watching. I, I literally am huge religious religion person. You know, all sports of religion. I, you know, from really deep into Christianity and to Tao, Buddhism, and I, I've always asked questions about what your old religion that you used to follow. Uh, I'm constantly in theology and anthropology mm-hmm. and looking in the sky. And I, I have a million things I could talk about on anthropology. <laughs> anthropology. Um, did you have anything else uh, or something that you wanted to talk about next week? Maybe? Uh, I, yeah, I wanted to go over uh, briefly next week the benefits of fasting uh, mm-hmm. twice a week. Uh, for you know, thirty percent longevity of life, and of uh, you know, help reducing even early stages of cancer and stuff like that, and just right. just in living healthy to see. It's hard for your eyes to be open when you're unhealthy in your body. It's like I noticed I had the most awakening, and I seen the proof in the pudding right in front of me. Always when I fast, when I don't have anything inside my body that that to, to tell my to tell my subconscious that I'm wrong. If you're seeing proof in pudding, I'd say get your head out of the pudding bowl. But that's amazing. Yeah, no, I'm all about fasting. As you know, I'm a lifelong vegetarian. Yes, you are. Uh, beyond vegetarian, uh, like you said, our old religion makes us do some very crazy things. Remember, I was like, get like all that. I, I ever met that like they never ate at McDonald's when I met you. I'm like, this, damn, this, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think my parents have either, but I know that's um, what I'm like trying to say. Like, you're like a gem when it comes to your body. When it comes to things like that, you, you're, you're so much so I don't even think about it, right? But I know, but Jane Hindus, you guys got it, bro. <laughs> had it i think they're all lost just talking about they lost (laughs) away a little bit but i'm just they're health wise yeah for me i want to talk about a very strange weekend that i had with a friend um talk about uh more a little bit more mind controlling triggering uh how to break through that and what it all means so uh i don't i don't really know how to do this but uh, right before we started the show, I don't know if you noticed this, but the fearless leader of Colin followed our show and has been listening to us for the last 45 minutes. Um, if that wasn't enough pressure of just going live, uh, yeah, if I could open it up to any questions for our audience, we've had three other people and Mr. Charlie listen to us, so how does that happen? playing around with this 
but if not, we just end it here. Well, thank you guys for listening. It was I. This is the first time we've had any listeners. Uh, I truly enjoy doing this. I should say, uh, I literally live for this, and like I said, that's why I like I do door knocking because I can out be out there in the field, and I'm literally out there looking like a psycho to all my friends. You know, that's nothing. Those are just clouds. <laughs> uh, I just. One last thing. We talked about you were talking about how they how they spray them and then they just come down. You know they, when they, I they just, explode not, they, and they not stay to like, they, like a helicopter. They yeah, not to like not to like call myself a boomer or anything or like date myself, but like I remember when my clouds rolled in and <laughs> rolled out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like whenever they were just moving across the sky, like. And then you mentioned uh, the activity over the oh, ocean. The and then you mentioned the activity over the ocean. Uh, there's supposed to be a lot of movement and activity of clouds over the ocean because yes. you know that's the like water that. cycle. Like there, that's where they that's where the water evaporates up from, forms clouds over the oceans, and then the wind's supposed to blow it in, uh, with the hundreds of different ways that our bloated military budget is being used for is literally being used to play the water system and put up our own clouds whenever we feel like it. And I really do 100,000%. Because Lake Mead is gone. Lake Mead is gone. Uh, some lakes are going to go. Some are going to pop up. I just think yeah, the that... The Navajos are going to get their land back when the when the Grand Canyon, when Lake Powell goes down. <laughs> they, 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 get, they got screwed out of... Yeah. No, I, but that's, that's kind of like my ultimate point is that uh is that we should not these people who are running things are not responsible enough to be in charge right so when the lake comes back do you think they'll give it back no hell no <laughs> exactly there's bad people in charge they're gonna go yeah, there i think we have a cl- makes, there's no artifacts left they, bur- they 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 buried them for a reason i'm gonna try this we have one person trying okay, try to it. ask us a question we'll see try how it. this goes william um, are you there State your name and where you're from. Hey, guys. Can you hear me? Yes, Yes, we can. Hello? You can hear me? Good. Okay. Yep. This is Bill calling from the unconstitutional state of Connecticut. (laughs) I call it (laughs) Corrupticate. Wonderful. What do you have to say? Thank you for listening for us, by the way. I stumbled on you. I I have the call-in app, and um, there's a fellow Black Bear News I talk to periodically and you know air mate show whatever and so i stumbled on you guys and i was just been listening for a bit i actually just tuned in but i liked hearing what i've heard so far and um i'm going to mention something i haven't mentioned uh, in other call-ins because you guys seem so progressive i think i can say this have you heard of deborah Tavares? stop the crime.net no i haven't personally no i have not and this is a free space. Um, feel free to share uh, to your heart's desire. And thank you for the kind words. Yeah. Um, I think listening to you, y'all, you might really uh, find her intriguing and also revealing um, to some deep secrets that, you know, are not available to the general public. She's a truther, and um, so that's StopTheCrime.net. And rather than me kind of expanding on everything that she's got in her site and all the videos, I think what I would do is maybe call back uh, 
in you know a week or so when y'all have a chance to dig in there because um i mean wow but everything you're talking about from the chemtrails to, I uh, <laughs> I'm out there looking at them. It's like it's just with my own eyes. I can't, I can't deny it. And I drove all the way from Phoenix to Texas, but Northway and the Southway, and there was no clouds over this, over the, over the non cities. <sighs> oh yeah, Chris. I mean, obviously the, and and, uh, and also the, as you you both discussed, you know the uh, the bacterial sides they've sprayed uh, during COVID. Um, the silver oxides to uh, create microclimates. Um, Bingo. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, most people wouldn't think our government could be that manipulating, but I don't see why not after, you know, no weapons of mass destruction. How can you believe anything? <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, uh, I say yeah. those people haven't read the military budget. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> and there's exactly, and there's new, there's there's new budgets and documents all day every day. And uh, we 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 have it in the recording. Thank you so much. We will definitely do that research and talk about it eventually. Um, if you wouldn't mind for us, um, make some highlights for us of of your favorite parts of today's episode because. As creators, it doesn't let us make our own highlights, um, and we've been oh, wanting see. to do that for a while. Um, so is that somewhere on the call-in app I can make highlights? Is that what you're suggesting? Yes, please, and to everybody listening as well. Um, just highlight your favorite part, and um, if you could make a highlight of what you just mentioned, then um, everybody who looks at our episode will see that specifically to go to that person's um, page as well. If you okay, make that clip, I don't see that on the screen right now, but maybe, you know, cause I'm actually, we haven't speaking. published the episode yet. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, after you publish it. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. This is too, um, this is only our third episode. I'm, I'm used mm -hmm. to doing the, uh, traditional way of media production with a lot of soundboards and computers and microphones and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, part of, uh, this whole project of media production that I'm taking on is how to get it done more simply. So, and I just um, send Instagrams and Snapchats and call. <laughs> yeah, because I got to make it easier for my co-host too. So we're we're trying out this calling app, oh, just yeah, like where we're at right now. I have of all the sky, like it's impossible to like look at the pictures I have in like in progression from hours and days ago. Looking like, yeah, that's normal. <laughs> Yeah. Frightening, isn't it? I mean, um, how we're be every possible way they're manipulating Mother Nature and us, isn't it? They're trying and, to. Uh, they're trying yeah. to, but they're not going to get us. If you listen to the old time well, of Quetzalcoatl, <laughs> they spoke of the Mayans. There was a time when they sprayed uh, 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 a, a gas or a vapor in the sky, which the Mayans said caused this, the humans to go nuts and crazy and be in a constant paranoia. Which never let oh, them really? uh, uh, to grow, and that's when Quetzalcoatl came back with Veracruz in their old uh, Mayan uh, thing. Yeah, there was a time where there was vapors uh, over the population to cause them. Well, you know, you cause them I'm sorry, No, yeah, that's it. I, I, you mentioned your your spiritual path. Um, I lived on and off a monastery in Southern California, Self Realization Fellowship in Escondido. For almost full time for four years and then a total of ten I love years. Escondido. And yeah. 
Yeah, and up in the hills there off Old Grajito Grade Road, there's Self-Realization Fellowship hidden away, uh, a monastery there. And then uh, on the water, you've got um, Swami's Beach, uh, Swami's Point, big surfing place in Encinitas where there's another uh, religious center for Self-Realization Fellowship. And the reason I mention it is it was a great experience because – I met people from all over the world, of course, from all different religions, and uh, you know, really broke down any barriers I would have growing up in America, being totally propagandized. You know, since the day I turned the TV on, or my mother put the TV on, as to what's happening around the world, and so I met so many people, and what I found was, you know, everybody I met there, of course. We were striving to try and awaken to the degree we could. Everybody was so kind-hearted, and it just made me realize that this, the center of every religion is is the power that beats our heart that is of God's, whatever brand name, you know, people were brought up to call it. You know what I mean? And I, I um, would say this. If you could say religion in one sense and start standing on one leg, describe it as love God more than anybody else and love your neighbor like as much as you do love yourself that runs it up right yeah that's of course christ's greatest commandments you know (laughs) if you can do those things you're going to be okay yeah and what's really upsetting to me is you know i'm a truther i'm retired now i'm disabled actually i need both hips done in a back surgery football should have listened to my grandmother and played piano, but I didn't. And so she used to say to me, check it out, man, guys. She used to say, Billy, play, play, but play piano. Don't play football. You know? <laughs> I never listened to Grandma Jean. And so, um, you know, I, I paid for my college and I had a little stint in the NFL and CFL, but it wasn't worth it. Most of the guys I know are in bad shape, 12 are dead already, and I'm only 61. And so the point I'm trying to make is um, retired heavy equipment operator. So I have all kinds of time in my hands now to unlearn all the crap I learned in high school. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, we're glad to have you here. And please uh, speak in, provide input whenever you wish, because that's partly why I'm here is because um, somebody that I listen to and um, kind of put up on my wall of fame uh, in terms of guidance and you know whose book am i going to read next well whose books haven't i read yet type of thing um lean on your own experience uh accept that you are a master of your craft and that um person this is what i say to have to say to myself every day that i have the experience that i have like and it will be of value to other people if i just like lean on it accept it and be proud of it you know that'll give me the confidence to push it out and i do want to say one thing about another thing you said you said you said something very specific uh the power that beats all of our hearts um in terms of how our government is playing god and what what's going on about us uh that is something that's happened as well they have discovered how hearts hearts beat um, how they're basically frequency engines um, running off of a chemical process that taps into the 
the magnetic fields and frequencies of time and space, essentially, which causes heartbeats. And this is how they have been able to reverse engineer incremental infinite battery life increases. Have any of y'all wondered how the iPads and iPhones can have 10% more battery every year consistently? (laughs) No, I don't really care to think about that type of stuff. (laughs) Yeah, um, because they figured out how to make batteries that never need to be charged at all. So... Just like our hearts, yeah. Never need, just like our life forces. Well, I remember I work in solar, so you know I really don't need to think about any of that stuff. That's it's the only company, it's the only job I ever found in the world where I don't, I'm not taking anything from anybody. I'm helping them save into the planet and save. It's like awesome, but it's hard to. These people are programmed. You know how many people are telling you that they don't care about solar or not interested? About ninety percent. Really? Yes. I literally struggle with it. I literally don't need to take a down payment. You have to have only a six hundred credit score. This is how the propagandas work. And you literally put them on your roof and you'll start paying for the solar panels. On my house, our electric bill would be about 450 bucks right now. We pay $180 for solar panels. And that's that's our it's and it's now I know for the next 20 years, I'm paying $180 for electric every month. And I don't know wow. why these idiots are telling me that they're not interested in it. Why do you want to give SRP APS Texas whatever and have the pants chance of them jumping prices up in the next 10 years or next year if some crisis happens. And just to be a hard nose, it's the, these baby boomers. I swear to God, they're the hard nosed assholes of this planet. <laughs> Can I, let me, let me share. Um, I, I have a degree in resource economics from University of Rhode Island. And of course, we did a lot of cost benefit analysis on all different environmental projects and things like that. And so, Back in the early 80s, you were, I don't know how old you guys are. I'm but 35. It, 29. Okay. I was 29. 26. I was born in 86, yeah. All right. So back in the early 80s was the birth of Earth Day, you know, early 80s. <laughs> okay. And, you know, I have to tell you, there were festivals in Santa Barbara and, and, and the main park, and uh, people were very into uh, – there was a book called The Green Consumer was – one and there was another i can't remember the title but we were very into yeah yeah how we spent our money could affect you know corporations and you know which obviously need the profits so you know there was there was a movement um we had a lot of products still made in america things had you know the north american free trade agreement the um Bayesian and asian free trade agreements and the tpp none of that existed yet you know what I mean? To outsource our jobs first to Mexico, then to China, India, and everywhere, you know. And uh, so we couldn't make a difference that way, you know. And um, people were, I mean, think about uh, even before my time, Woodstock. You know, I was just an infant then. And I look around now and I scratch my head and I go, how the hell did we get here? You know what I mean? Where... There's so many people, like you're saying, um, brother, um, where you're, you're talking about solar panels and people are not interested. I mean, when they could lower, the, I mean, they can even when your energy, they can literally say it. it's like going to the gas station. I put it, you can keep paying five dollars a gallon, or you can go to the gas station, car street, pay two dollars and fifty cents a gallon, and you, and if you fill up at thirty gallons, you own it, and you never had to get gas again. Yeah, I mean, it's a no-brainer, <laughs> even from. You know, a personal 
you know, microeconomics, it's a no brainer, but people are so, you know, uh, I don't know what the right word is. This whole concept. That, so I have, I have a, I have a concept that I'm trying to develop and push out. Uh, I call it poisoning, brainwashing, traumatized and hypnotized. That's yes. what people are. Yes. And I'm familiar. I wasn't alive. Like I said, I'm only 29 years old. Um, so I wasn't alive in the time that you're talking about, like when they started Earth Day and stuff like that. But I have read about it. Um, I had to read about it because um, whenever I made Nancy Pelosi my political enemy, um, mm-hmm. that's where she got her start. She started walking those streets and like, and she still uses it as a defense to this day. I walk those streets for climate change and stuff like that. So you have to trust me really? with like what I'm doing right now. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, oh. and but this is how I got familiar with the time period you're talking about, and and how um, the context does matter. And yes, I do agree with you. As a species, we have sort of regressed, right? I talk mm. to people my own age and a little bit younger as well, um, especially with us starting to be a media producer. I'm reaching out to the community, trying to get people to push their passions out, to try to get monetized, break out of the matrix, really, by um, start selling to the matrix, essentially. Uh, And that involves, you know, getting, contacting, reaching out to people, and um, the next generation is even worse uh, because, because the influencers and things like that that get pushed out to the masses are telling these kids some very very i mean on the surface it's like innocent stuff but if this is how people are going to be trained to be then we're not going to be self-sufficient then we're not going to be independent we're going to believe that google is our mother wow uh i let me add i mean you know (laughs) there's a world economic forum site and that's just the face of what's been going on for many, 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 many generations. The occult powers that have been running this world. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Bilderberg was started in the 1950s and then WEF the 1970s. So those now we have... Topics. We had those topics. Uh, first, our, those were our topics in the week one. Yeah. Like, oh, really? I've got to yeah. look back. I'll listen to that. Um and we have Dr. Evil and his minions, you know, literally <laughs> look like they come right out of the movie, right? You know? Yes, sir. Um, and and that's just the face. They're just the puppets, you know. Uh, so now we actually have a brand name. We can say, oh, there it is. But, of course, it's com- – as, as, do I pronounce it Shah? Is that how I pronounce your name? Yes. Shah? Okay. We – you know, of course, it's all gaslighting us, you know, that they're there for our benefit. It's so diabolical. It's, it's, and I look forward to listening to your original broadcast. And, and if we go back, have, have you all ever heard of the, what's called the tri city states? They fly a flag with three red stars. Let me briefly describe it. And the symbol is in each one. The Vatican, you have Egyptian obelisk at St. Peter's Square. So the Egyptian obelisk is a symbol. Then District of Columbia, of course, Washington, D.C., you have the Egyptian obelisk. Mm-hmm. And then London City, the financial capital of the world where it all started, you know, the British Empire 
um, we have an Egyptian obelisk. And this is the occult powers that work together, this triad, you know, that really runs above the World, the World Economic Forum, which is their face. Do you see what I'm saying about Bilderberg? I do, I do see what you the three, because I know how London, city of London, has its own laws, its own police force. Right. Just like, just like uh, Washington, D.C. Uh, yeah. I know there's something to do with the pine cone in all this, too. There's a, a symbolism. Yes. I, I'm, I'm really big into Dr. Rudolf Steiner. I'm uh, okay. Holland Belaski. Like, I go, I'm more of the 1900s stuff that's what i get into the early yeah yeah rudolf <laughs> steiner that's that's sorry. my favorite i'm a very very hours a day on him <laughs> yeah i was just gonna say it's it it gets close to the to the top for sure whenever we start narrowing down and getting into um like you said tri-state organizations um and then it but it goes even further into the sing like but whenever you start getting close to the top, there's, there's a lot of different analogies too, depending on where your culture brings you up from. That these these organizations are made up of individuals, and individuals like to create secret societies. So what gets toward what gets closer to the top about who controls us and whatnot? And I I personally believe um, I firmly believe that the documents are more than enough to convict these people of crimes, and that's where we should begin um mm. so whenever we get so far down into like these awesome, who's awesome. involved in what society and how are they running it and things like that i i want to leave that all up to the to the trial you know what i mean um can like, i comment on that let, let, for sure let, i don't sure. know to keep jumping in but i got so much that i you, you know i'm really glad to share with you there's another guy black bear news who's progressive that's i don't know the best word I can use to describe her awakening. Yeah. And not that I'm woke. You know what I mean? I don't want to go down it's a that journey. road. But it's a journey. Yeah. Yes, it is. Well, let me, let me, let me make a couple other suggestions along with Deborah. You have the floor by all means. Okay. Um, there's a book called the committee of 300 by Dr. John Coleman. And he gets right down to the 300 most influential families you know, that have been around for the bloodlines. That's that what are, I was getting into. Yeah. That's yeah, what the I was... Illuminati. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the anti Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Right. 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 <laughs> yes. You know, yeah, the, 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 uh, the, the Luciferian Freemasons actually at the top, that, that is a Luciferian organization, but on the face, it's not, do you follow me? But as you get to the top, you know, we get all the way to the 33 degree Freemasons and Albert Pike and my boy Manly P. Um, Hall is more like me. I like Manly. Yeah, I'm not familiar with who that Manly is. Manly P. Hall, he's a honor. He's he's a 33 degree Freemason. Never was a Freemason. He okay. has he had all the same knowledge without being a Freemason. He looked and he exposed all of the information. Oh, did he? Yeah. So look up Manly P. Hall uh, YouTube, the Libraries of Alexandria. Uh, basically, he's just like Rudolf Steiner. Oh, cool! Same time, right, right. they died in the 1960s. Wow! So wow. I have I have personal experience with um, some of those organizations that you're talking about because, in when I was in college um, at one of these North Texas universities, I was invited to start a chapter of one of the oldest fraternities in the country. So. Okay. Um, 
that's kind of a soft introduction. I mean, it's all it's all one big audition. They want you. Yeah. You're auditioning all the way up to the thirty third level, essentially. Right. Um, you're constantly watched. You're constantly just evaluated uh, on what secrets you're letting slide, like who you're taking blame for, and things like that. So, it they really do start off very early um and from being involved in that um and asking too many questions and getting uh blacklisted <laughs> so, wow well yeah, actually so, there's, there's actually in the other part of it where i was on in the nightclub scene in scottsdale where it was kind of like you know the uh, the whatever the people with the wealthy of the socialites and me and doing whatever i was doing out there with the women and whatnot and then I started realizing uh, I was being also constantly being watched and being given tests to see how I was doing things and how until I was offered mm-hmm. a seat. <laughs> and I said, yeah, Man. a lot of wow, so a lot of people don't understand what hazing and things like that is. And, yeah. Um, hazing is absolutely uh, MK ultra mind control. It's not bullying. Mm-hmm. It's a psychological test. Who's who's going to mm-hmm. bend to your will and who isn't? Who, so like whenever, like as frat dudes, when we walk into parties and we're like, gonna, who's shotgunning a beer with me? Like, it looks like one thing, but what it actually is, is you're, uh, testing the room to see who's under your control. Who's listening oh. to you. Yeah. But not like the action, not like the social beta, but your beta or like, who's going to like do what you say. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I see. Well, this stuff is so gross and sick, which is why I decided very early on that, first of all, as um, I was never going to join an established fraternity on campus because I didn't know um, it went that deep in the beginning, but I did know that hazing went on in fraternities. So I said to myself that, like, I wouldn't join an established one. I'd only join a fraternity if I was in the beginning of it where I could say that we're not going to haze. So I established yeah. no hazing rules in my in my chapter during my time there, and um, for that reason, and then again, um, moving into the alumni association and asking too many questions there, I'm now blacklisted. Like I'm not allowed. Oh back. boy! Yeah, <laughs> even though I paid like tens of thousands of dollars into that organization and wow. thousands of volunteer hours and professional services volunteered. Um, wow. That doesn't mean anything unless you're willing to toe the line. You know what I mean? So you're, like unless, sorry. You, you're telling me, if I hear you correctly, this particular fraternity was the beginning of an Illuminati-type organization. Well, is there outreach into the college campuses, per se? They and start, they start as young. Own breeding zone. They, brother, these... these uh, these people start as young as middle school ROTCs. Yeah. Where they oh, start. They and again, start. it's not it's not that they're in middle schools telling little kids about like white supremacy and things like no. that. They're testing them at middle school. And seeing like, that's when they start road, testing they, them. They even go to points of like where some are eliminated along the way for being weak. And and you know what I mean by test. Right? I don't mean yeah. like by how fast they can shoot and stuff like that. That is like of course the school tests and stuff that they have to take. But um, what I am, let me be clear, um, there are members that are participating in leadership of those programs that are psychologically analyzing the students under the table 
of what the actual requirements are, like of the shooting and the merit and all that stuff that they have them do, the volunteer hours, leadership is analyzing them under the table for eligibility into eventually, again, the 33rd Masonry and, and the same is going along and things like in that. The nightclub industry with the very social, good-looking people, uh, people that are doing things, uh, you know, crypto, they're ciphering through the hottest girls and making them stick to service the hot to the ones who actually do what they say. Okay, Chris. So yeah, I've read that uh, about Hollywood. Um, Chris, there was actually a guy, he won like the voice or some of these con one of those contests and he actually got online and he talked about everything you're talking about, Chris, and how he was involved as of, you know, indoctrinated, and he was um, that movie with, kind it, of spilled the it's bean. It's that movie with, uh, what's, I forgot the name of the movie, but Tom Cruise, he gets invited to this party, and all the girls come, and they're all wearing masks, and then they have sex. Eyes wide shut, Eyes, isn't it? Yes, 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 yep. That's pretty much what it's like. You know, they say that that one of those scenes where they're all, I don't know what you call them, one of their ceremonies was shot in a, in a Rothschild yep. mansion. Well, yeah, we can get it. It's crazy. It's funny that the Rothschilds actually funded the Spanish Inquisition. The the, the whole the the, the Catholic Catholicism was funded by the Rothschild Bank. Yeah. They funded the Inquisition on their own people. Yeah. So yeah. to bring it oh, so yeah. to bring it back to the original about tri-state and things like that. There's, it's important to boil it down to the, to the people. Well, that's where a lot of people like to bring in race and stuff like that. Right. Um, and personally, that's just another reason, like, why I try to draw my line at the documents. The documents are more than enough to, um, indict these people, like, get a trial going, like, and, and their own words even, like, they admit to war crimes, like, left, right, center, all day, every day. They've gotten even grosser after 2022, 2020, I mean. Um, so, uh, it's, we just, not that it's not invaluable, but it, it creates division. It's part of the ambiguity that they want to create. They want to create avenues that will invite racists and that will invite people that will derail the whole thing and make us all look bad. Oh, divide and conquer. Yeah. That's what they're looking to do. Um, unfortunately, what, what my personal experience that I can add to this regarding the courts, my own personal experience, um, uh, when I say unfortunately, I actually became a pro active pro se litigant, meaning I self-represented a party, and I got drawn into situations. I didn't look for them, um, mm -hmm. and it's a long story, but I ended up... Uh, filing four lawsuits with uh, many defendants, uh, 10 law firms I was up against. It started with an arrest with a legal attorney, but it went from there where I'm a, I went to Fordham U originally, and then I transferred to URI um, for good reason. I mean, without getting into why I made that move, but I was sexually assaulted by a priest at Fordham. Okay. Hmm. And... I've got a thank you letter from the Attorney General of New York, Letitia James, for assisting in her investigation. She found corroborating evidence on the priest that had done this to other students. He's dead now. And then I was discussing with her investigator, Doyle, the canon laws of secrecy that completely impeached the church. 
you know, based on the rule of law. Um, and, well, they had briefly their pontifical secrets, which the Pope lifted during the DOJ investigation, which started after the grand jury investigation in Pennsylvania. That kind of blew the lid in 2018. And another canon law called the Crimean Solicitations, which is still in effect today, which bishopaccountability.org cites in their January 2022 article posted online as the church uses to harbor pedophiles. And so based on federal statutes, Section 18 U.S. 792, if you were to harbor a criminal, you are a criminal. Do you follow me? That's harboring a criminal. That's a statute. The federal oh, yes. statute. I do. And so, and, so yeah. I was talking to Investigator Doyle about this for Letitia James' office, and I was shocked how many people in the system that high up had no idea what I was talking about, about this canon law. It's smokescreen. But it's I was crazy how to, they, they literally, people have no idea, like the loopholes that are there because they hide behind religious, uh, uh no, ceremonies. Yes. I, yes, call bar, and, I call bar mitzvahs. <laughs> well, in fact, the church's defense, believe it or not, is the law is so secret that most priests don't know it. That's with cover, of course. You know what I mean? But that's what they try and claim. But it's all, you know, this has gotten blown up now to where people in authority have been made aware of it. By And, and then I work with the local survivors network of those abused by priest chapter and the national chapter and when i say work with i wasn't employed i mean i just talked to and dealt with you know what i mean and um so they then eventually wrote a letter to the attorney generals of all 50 states um trying get a lawsuits going uh letitia james is the only ag that filed a lawsuit in november 2020 I haven't heard anything. I mean, every periodically I go online, try and they see. They probably are making her if like They're probably doing little things. Well, that just, that just tra- like you wouldn't know it, but little things that just irritate your life, and that uh, they they play a very hard nosed ball game of just just of uh, the uh, what's the word like D making well, you look like you're you're a psycho, or maybe you know what I mean. Like, well, oh, there gets a lot of backlash. Well, look who she took on. She she sued the Trump organization, the NRA. And the church, regardless of how we might feel about each one of those, the point being, she she takes on, you know, big hitters. You know what I mean? And she's not um, afraid to get hit back. Okay, I like it. Apparently not. You know, I. um, uh, However, our attorney general uh, is feckless. Won't do a thing. I've dealt with uh, the Consumer Constituent Affairs Assistant Attorney General Sandy Arenas for Attorney General Tong. Attorney General Tong's just a puppet. He's been in the legislature his, his whole career. Um, you know, these, of course, it's kind of, I, 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 you know, a touchstone would be George Carlin, who owns America. Have you all ever seen that skit he does? You may, you may get a good I, laugh I have, out of it. I, I, I think, I, think actually I have, actually, I do think I have seen I that. have. I love George Carlin, and I recommend everybody listening to also check out the living George Carlin, Jimmy Dore. Yeah, I watched Jimmy Dore, and, and I was a little diff- disappointed when he went on Joe Rogan. His perspective, he was sexually assaulted by a priest, and, he, and there was a bunch of his uh, childhood uh, uh, Catholic school 
friends and this priest, there was some deal where they go swimming and who the priest was going to grab. And the way Jimmy talked about it, I just think he hasn't dealt with it. He, I, I emailed Jimmy and I've talked to Malcolm and Jimmy once and a call in. It's hard to get on because there's so many people that call in. You know what I mean with Jimmy when yeah. he does a call in. And, but at that time, I was addressing the pharmaceutical industry, which my father sold for J.D. Serrell before he got out of that business and this whole pandemic. And uh, so we went down that road as opposed to, you know, get into the Catholic Church. But Jimmy did a thing with Joe Rogan regarding and Joe Rogan talks about the church with a lot of his guests. But the way Jimmy dealt with it, he, he laughed about it like they all thought it was funny. And and I don't think he realized that that's the grooming. Do you follow me? In other words, that if, if a priest is doing that in broad daylight to kids, that's just the grooming. That's the tip of it. You know what I mean? And that's it always leads to well, serious. It's a hierarchy in the Catholic Church where, you know, it separates. It's just not. Yeah, I was raised completely 100 percent Catholic. I was a confirmed Catholic all the way till I was. 18 I, about 20 i turned away from the church and i went out my partying thing and then i came back to christianity in my own way the way i believe in yeah. it uh and it's it's just crazy how like i could have been that pub because you see how you just follow the orders of what you're groomed to be in at the early ages of catholicism if you're like you know in the altar boy you're doing all that stuff being part of the church oh well the the un report on the vatican in 2014 says there should be no statute of limitations on this crime because it starts at such a young age. And it's the Catholic boys like you and me who get molested by the Catholic priests because we're within arm's reach. Yeah, Do you follow I, me? It's not and the Buddhist actually, boys. And they're actually following, like, if you go back to the Ruber Stein, like old school. It's it's definitely a an occult. Yeah. I mean, when we look at, obviously, the history of the church and Constantine and the Edict of Milan, you know, the very beginning of the church, which was 313 AD. I mean, the disciples were long gone. Do you follow me? Yeah. You know, yeah. and uh, obviously that was not born of Jesus. I, I, I look now at their history, which Pope John Paul apologized for him. And the, the history of the church, if you'd say, you know, a tree by the fruit of bears, the history of the church is just horrific. Well, if you they, what they me? did in Canada, the priest has been, uh, the Pope was in Canada because of all the re-educating, like what they're doing with the Uyghurs in China, the re-education they did to the, the Navajos here in America. Yes. One, of really, one of my really good friends, his and his grandfather, his, his father talked about, going back to school and they re took them away from their land, retook them at six years old and then let them speak their own language and they don't lead to hate each other. And they changed their last name to Begay. Oh boy. That's the Navajo. The leader of the Navajo's last name are Begay. Wow. Yeah. Well, you've heard about the, I'm sure throughout the Northeast, all the uh, mass uh, uh, grave sites for the, uh, where, these uh, uh, institutions uh, backed by the government and the Catholic Church for orphanages, for unwed mothers, uh, or, or even, you know, as you say, uh, for the American Indian children and how they've uncovering. They uh, made the news uh, within the last year, year and a half. I haven't seen much lately about all these mass graves are finding, you know what I mean, of these children.
you know? the ones who didn't want the re-education. Those are the ones who didn't listen right. or they didn't make it through the toughness. They didn't make it through the weeding. And yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like sometimes everybody's like, well, I'm following. I'm like, well, the King James version of the Bible is written. King James wasn't a really good guy. Yeah. He was actually in slavery was going on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. exactly. I don't really you know, know if I'm listening to that guy. <laughs> you, I, I, I'm a Protestant now. I mean, the, I, I, in the sense, I, I don't go to church any longer. I just said, I fighting this here in Connecticut, I got, I got arrested three times for harassment. The Christian Counseling Center of St. Paul's Church. Wow. When I went to counseling, trying to reconnect with the church and get involved with a counseling group as a client, this was all paid by uh, Medicaid. You follow me? I'm yeah. disabled and it was all paid by Medicaid. And boy, they did not want me talking about this in church. And they, as soon as the counselor realized I wasn't going to let off, I'm like, well, it's, bring the priest into counseling. It's not Let's good talk. for membership, Bill. <laughs> I had a similar talking to whenever I got kicked out of my cult, like several really? of them. The, yeah, well, on, on the alumni association and things like that. Essentially, we can't have you. You keep asking too many questions and not taking right. action. And the questions you're asking are starting to piss some other people off who mm -hmm. I found out were never even in the room. They were trying to invite me to the lodge and start like my journey from the first degree. So right. those people who were at the lodge, like evaluating me were the ones who were like, no, this guy doesn't want any of our jobs. This guy doesn't want anything, but he's still showing up and asking questions. Um, get him out. And like, yep. you just, I'm sorry you had to go through that three times. <laughs> Yeah, well, the, 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 of course, the but police department, the, the police departments are for mostly Knights of Columbus. So Freemason, do you follow me? And yep. the firemen, the cops and the firemen. Yep. And every police department, of course, as we know, has a chaplain who, you know, gives birth, marries and buries them. You know what I mean? And in Corrupticate, where I'm calling from, I call it the unconstitutional state yeah, that I we're supposed that. to the we have the Knights of Columbus Tower in the Haven, which is the home of the Knights for the whole country. Wow. Right? Wow. So, guys, you wouldn't believe. I, let me know when you got to go because I, I could tell you a story. I actually got put in a psych ward for two months, committed, mm -hmm. where they attempted to have me. First, I had a judge try to get me involuntarily conserved for a person in the state while I was litigating and fighting these lawsuits I'm telling you about. Well, I was finding and scripture I, like the same way I was getting told they wanted to put in, you need help. And I'm like literally reading scripture to people and putting indoctrination and getting told I need to be put in the loony bin. Well, this is the thing. Yes, they, and there's been good naturopathic and, and, and licensed doctors, uh, you know, osteopaths and whatever, where their license have been pulled and they've been, uh, uh, you know, ordered by their governing bodies to, to have a psychiatric evaluation, which of course they won't. You know, there's, uh, Tim Penny is one that comes to the top of my mind. And uh, now Dr. Peter McCullough with American Frontline Doctors. Of course, we know this whole uh, virus was this gain of function, you know, uh, started in Fort Detrick. Uh, we, we, ha we have like 346 bio labs around the world that we'd sponsor. You follow me, including Ukraine, of course. Mm -hmm. And and then the spike protein, a lot of people say, oh, this is nothing. Well, it's the spike protein that is what gets people sick. There's a certain, there's, oh, boy, boy, I'm, I go off and different. And that's what, not saying you're doing, not saying you're getting any of this wrong. 
or that I disagree with any of you. Let me, you and I agree. You're accurate on your analysis and retelling of history from what I've heard. But what I also know is um, there's a 30-page document out there by the military about creating ambiguity. Like, the story is meant to be so grand and confusing to the average person because when you understand um, how people process emotions and stuff like that, which is what the MK Ultra was all about, studying how people react, how to weaponize it, um, if the story is too grand and confusing, it shuts people off. They're, it's literally out of their processing power and that's my for the average people. person to understand. I can't get to any person, like, literally, when it goes past that they can't do anything or know somebody that can do something, it literally just drops from their mindset. Like, like oh, I can never stop that. Why would I even... And let's go back to being... I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, you can you can actually gauge when people's programming crashes. Well, go ahead. Uh, uh, fear is, is, is what they play on, obviously. You know, what what I think, for me... You know, haven't been on and off the monastery as much as I was, and I had a great mentor, uh, Brother Bimo, we used to call him, was his nickname, uh, who was a direct disciple of Paramahansa Yogananda. Um, can, can anybody just go there? Or, like, how does like, that? I would like uh, well, in Escondido, the Self-Realization Fellowship of uh, 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 Hidden Valley Ashram, uh, 16455 Old Guajito Grade Road. Yeah, maybe one, one day I'll get in contact with you. I was like, I just want to see him. I go to California all that time. Maybe I'd love to visit this place that gave you such an, a, a great experience. And I've loved what you've said so far. So, like, me, you know, I would be interested in checking a place like that out. Well, let me say that they're open to the public. People can visit anytime. Uh -huh. um, that and Swami's Point, where uh, that's their other grounds. They also have one in mother center in LA and then a Malibu Lake Shrine, Lake Shrine in Malibu, which was a man-made lake donated to them right off the coast of Malibu. And they, by the way, they have a very like Meryl Streep, Madonna. There's a lot of people who are members who are very you know famous, you know, and um, I'm not suggesting that I, I, my experience with SRF that's self-realization fellowship was mixed. Uh, they were great. In fact, Yogananda said he died in 1952. He said, 40 years after my death, I won't recognize my teaching. And coincidentally, I was on the monastery during that period in 2000 to 2010, when there was a big movement that really was counter to Yogananda's teaching. And I fought that and, and, uh, we got that uh, brother got, Paul said that brother Paul said that too. He said, uh, the the church's teachings are going to be just corrupt. Then when he wrote all those letters to Ephesus and uh, Corinthians, it's true, it's true. And and so, um, but you can visit. You know, any the doors are open. I mean, you just have to know the visiting hours. You can call ahead of time. Uh, the one on Swami's Point um, uh, is pretty famous amongst people in, in that area and, and people who are part of the church. I mean, uh, uh, anyway, uh, beautiful grounds and uh, that you could just walk on and walk through and that you could ask, you can go to the office and just chat with people. And if you want to talk to one of the monks, you know, set up an appointment or, and they're very open, you know? Um, so, you know, uh, 
meeting people from all around the world, from, you know, Eastern India to Germany, to wherever, you know, people come in speaking different languages who most of the people who visited had a pretty good command of the English language as well. You know what I mean? And um, some were, they had uh, a residence program. And then they had, if if you felt you want to get deeper involved, then there was the monastic training. I, I didn't get beyond being a resident where I was dabbling in it, had been married, was in the process of a separation and not really sure I wanted. I, I really just wanted to experience something different. I was operating heavy equipment. I was tired of the, you know, this world as we know it. And I wanted to see what this was like. Um, but the point I'm trying to make is it gave me enough faith that when I fought, started fighting the corruption here in Connecticut, um, you know, I was forced into jail diversion programs for nine months of a time. And then uh, eventually uh, what happens with uh, Shah, talking about the court system, that's how I kind of opened up about this. It is so corrupted by the Freemasons. Do you follow me? That I know what that. happened was I have six felonies. The, they used the Fordham alumni, a Fordham alumni with what they call Department of Mental Health Addictive Services, which are just puppet shrinks for the courts, to claim that I insisted on a trial. The state offered me a nolly, nolly contendere, where the, that's the process the prosecutor uses to get a case dropped. They will offer you a nolly. I use a public defender because I, which, who are nothing but corrupt prosecutors. Do you follow me? I do absolutely but, you know that I've learned that right the first now, time. The first time I ever did that, first felony, public defender after that, started paying the money knowing you got to know who knows somebody, who knows somebody, oh, which district. It's very political. Yep. You don't you got it, Chris. Lawyer. <laughs> well, I had, I was recovering from a pituitary endocrine disease. I actually had a tumor that killed my uncle that in my pituitary, I gained 180 pounds in 20 months from that. Plus I, my hips. So I was disabled, but I hadn't got my SSDI yet. And I was bank with that process. They want to kill you. I mean, three years just to get an SSDI hearing, even though all the paper, there's a paper shuffle. Do you follow me? I clearly qualify. It doesn't matter. The whole yeah. thing, when you're, your income's 125% of the poverty level or less, and mine was zero because I hadn't got my SSDI, I always got fee waivers when I filed my lawsuits. Mm -hmm. And then you get fee waivers. If you're going to subpoena somebody, if you're not a lawyer, which I wasn't, you have to file a subpoena request. You have to fill out a four-part form, and then you can ask for a fee waiver for the uh, subpoenas if they're approved to be served. You follow me by the marshals. And I, I worked through all that. I was never denied. Here's one. I was, figure this one. I was never denied a subpoena request, right? Four civil suits and two housing suits I fought. Never denied a subpoena request. I cross examined people. All you have to do, fellas, is put it in the form of a question. Um, and that's just a matter of, if you want to cross-examine somebody on some piece of evidence, you 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 do two things. Isn't it true that, in other words, you're asking a question? And then, of course, when we ask a question, we usually finish in a way where our, our uh, you know, isn't it true that, or is is that what happened on a high note as opposed to a declaration? Deuteronomy. Just, <laughs> I'm sorry? It's like Deuteronomy. It just tells you how what the laws are and how to speak it. Yes, it's true. And so a if you're going to make this declaration, it's wrong. You like you did that. You know, we our voice is lower in tone just naturally. So you just you just 
you know, sing song, get, you know, ask a question, finish on a high. And, and I never had a, a judge, uh, redirect me. I never had a judge cite me for contempt. I never had a judge hit me with the vexatious, uh, frivolous, uh, lawsuit. A slap, you know what I mean? That could be cost you nineteen thousand dollars. I never had any of that happen. Yet I was three times deemed incompetent to assist my public defender. Figure that one. I right. never lost an ar- right. Well, this is how cor- this is how corrupt it is. I never lost an arguable motion in front of the civil judge I was in front of, Judge Stevens. And what happens is, if you file a lawsuit, Shaw, what happens is the opposing counsel will file multiple forms over and over again to try and get the case dismissed. Their job is to reduce liability and exposure for their client. Do you follow me? So in my case, I was suing the town of Trumbo. When you want to sue a police department, you sue the town. They're not a separate entity. You follow me? I I do. And I let me just uh, I agree. The court system is corrupted, but that's not exactly what I was trying to say by um, pushing the documents and bringing them up. Um, I was trying to say that that is the best way to keep talking about. Um, corruption and things like that because kind of like um, kind of like you mentioned um, uh, you mentioned fear and then how the system also reacts to people that try to fight it Um, and I commend you on your fight because I definitely don't hear any fear in your voice um, even despite all the battles that you're up against and I commend you for your courage to keep it up Um, but I was just trying to say that um, the point I was trying to make is that like when communicating to other people and also trying to have this discussion on Skywatch that we're going to try to keep it just to like documents and things like that so oh, that we can, so that we can better communicate like current event corruptions and stuff like that. I, I wholeheartedly agree with you that the court is corrupted, but part of what I believe the change to happen is, is that, um, you know, with uh, voting in independents, uh, sovereigns, not people uh, al- allegiant to any party. After we vote those people in or refresh the government, the court system will also start recognizing, you know, the corruption as it is. But the current um, one will definitely not. I 100% agree with you um, on that for sure. Well. Let, let me let me just tie this in a bow to, 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 to kind of tie it back to what you're saying, not to negate what you're saying, but to validate what you're saying, is that the third time they arrested me, I was filing subpoena requests in the clerk's office, outing a corrupt judge in a motion to open judgment, pursuing fraud on the court, abuse of judicial discretion. And this judge is on the Advanced Litigation Committee in Corrupticate, Judge Hiller. And I had him totally... Uh, laid out in front of Judge Stevens, who was the judge hearing the motion on the previous judge. But the thing is, no judge will find against another judge in the, the same district. It's never going to happen, not in the same state even. You know, like George Carlin said, it's a big club. We're not in it. You know, I the American say, Bar it sounds like a frat. <laughs> it is. The American Bar Association is, literally. And most of the legislators are lawyers, you know, Lindsey Graham, Obama, Michelle Obama, or Michael. You know what I mean? They're, they're lawyers. You know what I mean? And, um, so the point I'm trying to get at is, and I'm sure many of them are Freemasons. In fact, the, the number of 
presidents who were Freemasons is, I, I forget the exact number, the vast majority of them are known Freemasons, and we can argue that Trump was a Scottish Freemason. He's born in, supposedly, his family's from Scotland. You know what I mean? Um, and certainly, he, he bitched about Albert Pike's uh, statue being torn down and about it being resurrected, uh, the thirty. The, Grand Master, 33-degree Freemason, Albert Pike. I'm aware. You know, so, I'm sorry, I said Chris? I'm aware. Yeah. So, not that Biden's any better. Not, they're all part of the New World Order, you know, the New Liberal World Order, the whatever they want to call it. They have alphabet soup number of names for this. You know, you know what I mean? There's another fellow, um, Peter Phillips, who's a professor at Sonoma State, who writes a book, Giants, where he... He doesn't get into the family lineages, like the bloodlines. He mentions it, but what he gets into, like BlackRock, Vanguard, State Street, you know, all the investment firms that the banksters, right? What can we call them? They're the banksters that fund both sides of every war. They've been doing it since the first Bank of America, the second Bank of America, the Federal Reserve. You guys know about that system. Yep, we how do. That Jekyll Isle, the Titanic yep. sinking. They got rid of everybody. Yes. It was on our side. Yep. The Jekyll Isle, yep. the, the uh, actual the house that this all was written in was the place of blood sacrifice and baby sacrifice and animal burnt offerings by the Indians of the Jekyll Isle. And that is where, what's his name, the guy who, uh, Rockefeller, who were the heart, the heart of it all, they, it was at their house, which was built over the, the altar. The burnt sacrifices. Wow, I'm getting chills. Literally, yep. Yep. wow! All the oh. all the all the families in the world that had a stake in writing the new world, the way the uh, monetary system was going to be written, all was at yep. Jekyll Isle, and they all had a nice little cottage on this island off of Georgia. After all the rest of the the ones that were against them died in the Titanic. Yeah, I've I've, I've explored that. I I was on Facebook. I got eventually got kicked off Facebook. You know, they give you multiple warnings, then you get a month timeout, then you come back. You get a month. I wasn't going to stop. What I I, I, I was making videos. I was. They took my Instagram. They it made it seem like my. I don't have Instagram anymore for my personal because it made it seem like somebody hacked it. That was like in Africa that was doing it for selling something. But they pretty much took me off Instagram by taking it. They by making it seem like I got hacked. Wow. You know, Twitter wouldn't even post my first post. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Um, sure. Yeah, Facebook. Um, That's but, a badge of what, honor. What, yeah. Yeah, right. Right. It's true. We could all talk about that. Yeah, yeah. We can someday. Maybe we'll meet someday. I'll be an old fart in my nineties. You guys. Yeah, you know be oh, brother, we're all gonna be badges on our things like we got left Vietnam. We have boot, 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 little badges. I keep joking with all my friends that quarantine camp is gonna be lit because we're all gonna be like cellmates and roommates. Right. And... Right. Right. Exactly. Well. You mentioned something. You talk about lawyers. There's a guy. Have you heard of Reiner, Reiner Fulmick and his um, his uh, investigative team that he put together? Reiner Fulmick. You know who I like listening a lot to on Rumble? Well, there's many, but Z Media, Z-E-E-E, Maria Z. And she interviews all these people. And she uses the, she talks the Gospels. You know what I mean? She's not a Catholic. You know what I mean? But she talks the bigger picture like we're talking about. She even yeah. there's another guy, Leo Zagami, who I call into on Saturdays and he write, wrote like eight books on all this. He's a, a says he's a 
former Illuminati, grew up in that scenario, and now mm-hmm. he's he's being protected living in Central California. He had to leave Italy, and there's a group of Sicilians that he mentions are basically it's protecting him. And yeah, uh, Leo and Christie. It's right. That, that makes That's sense. what he mentioned. No, no, that he's telling the truth. Sicilians are opposite against all of this. That's what they make the mafia look bad. Oh, yeah. That's so what makes Ryan, the mafia, uh, the mafia is like, the mafia is have a little bit of corrupt things, but there's the, what they're standing for is against the corruption at the top and they go against the government. Kind of. Is, okay. I didn't know that because. Yeah. That's why when yeah. you said that the Sicilians protecting him, it, that made sense because they're the opposite. Well, then you you help me trust more in him. Yeah. Um, I, I, the first couple of conversations I had, I, I learned about him watch, watching Maria Z on uh, Rumble and uh, Z Media. And he, she interviewed him uh, along with all all the top people from Reiner Film. So, yeah, the Sicilian mafia is a little different. Oh, that's good to know, because uh, one of the... Uh, Department of Mental Health Addictive Services uh, 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 monkeys is a Genovese, you know, Genovese crime family, right? With the mob, and Mike Genovese, he kept determining me incompetent to go to trial because what they wanted to do was force me into a nollie. The the problem with taking a nollie, but gosh, I could talk to you guys about all the ways I eventually got every criminal case dropped where I never took a plea bargain. But what what they what they, the reason I wouldn't take a nolly is I had two offered to me within the same window of 13 months, and I wasn't going to stop doing what I'm doing. And the three-strike rule, you get three nollies on you, bang, 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 within 13 months while they're hanging over you, that's straight to DOC. Do you follow me? And yeah. I knew this was a setup because I had two they offered me, and I'm like, no, no. I haven't. There's no probable cause to arrest me. I want this exposed. I want to go to trial, right? Well, they couldn't let that happen. For our audience, and correct me if I'm wrong, what you're trying to say is is that whenever you have three no contest crime, whenever you plead to three crimes or have those pending for 13 months, then the next thing they get you for, whether it's pending or not, they just book you. Say process. In Connecticut, in Connecticut, there's a three strike rule, and what happens is, yeah. see, say the fourth month into a prosecution with the church, they offered me a nolly, which they did. And then a no was contest, right? A, a no, 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 no contende, no contest. That's exactly right. right. You got that right, Sean. Yeah. Just so for the audience. Right? <laughs> and I'm like, what? I said, I'm exposing the corruption in my emails. There's nothing harassing in nature about my emails. I'm exposing the corruption. You, there's no probable cause to arrest me. Cops are totally in, on board with this and the whole system. And mm-hmm. so... You know, I'm like, no, 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 no. We're going to trial. I want it exposed. I know if I take that nolly and I and I get within that 13-month window, if I get, I was already arrested a second time and that was pending. That had to do with a corrupt lawyer. That was a little different matter. But again, completely legal arrest. The lawyer's brother's a prosecutor. I mean, it's a long story, but the part of the That's system, Yale graduate. Skull and bones. You know what I mean? I'm yeah, sorry. What'd you say? Yeah, I said that's how it what's works. That? You know, who got to, which lawyer and which judge got the son who has a birthday party coming up and who's going to get a good gift? Yeah, exactly. And that's so I had the loophole. So there was two nollies. 
If I had taken the nollies, there'd be two hanging over me. Now, the way a nollie works is from the date of arrest for 13 months, you're kind of on a probation period where if you get arrested again, like the judge said to me, you do the same thing again, you're going to get, we're going to start over. You're going to end up in jail. Do you follow me? What happens is that third arrest, the three strike rule kicks in. You go straight to DOC three months pretrial. They can put you away while they're allegedly investigating. Do you follow me? So I knew that was an an entrapment. There was no way I was going to roll with that. And I just, so what they did, because they couldn't go to trial, because the claim I'm harassing people, the material aspects of evidence being the emails, impeached the complainants and the cops. So they couldn't go to trial. So what they did was they forced me into jail diversion programs, where if I didn't go once a week to meet with their monitor, straight to DOC. You follow me? Department of Correction. They they will protect the elite. Yes, bottom they line. Yes, they okay. They protect themselves. Yes. And so what they claim was after 22 months of jail diversion program, they eventually dropped the first case after the 13 month. The second one, they kept prosecuting me for 22 months illegally. I had to attend jail diversion program every week if I didn't straight to jail. Right. Of course, I always went because I've just told the truth to the monitors and I had my emails. I had them printed. I had everything in my file boxes. I'm like, what do you want to talk about, brother? You know what I mean? The guy wore the cross. Exactly. (laughs) I wore the cross. And I'm like, you want to talk? Let's talk. (laughs) Yep. 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 And so what happened was so so they eventually dismissed that case, both of them claiming I was irrestorable to competency. You see? But they wanted me to take, a, at the end of the day, take the nolly. And they would dismiss it, claiming I was irrestorable to competency. And I said, well, no, restore me to competency then. If this would have been the 1900s. Well, you might end up in a psych ward. If this would have been the 1920s, what I was going to say, in 1890s, you would have been a psych ward. There was just as many psych wards at the turn of the century as there were prisons. Uh, they, the numbers were staggering how much of c- citizens were put in mental institutions in this country they started dismantling them all by the 1960s but if you now remember they all looked like these historic institutions like silent hill remember the movie yes i like these were grand grounds with very well funded that they were you know oh, yeah. therapy and stuff like that there was big business in turning people like me and you into psychos in the early 1900s that's how they shut most of this down because they, they people weren't afraid of going to jail they were afraid of going to the loony bin well, what, let me tell you what happened. So the third arrest, when I was litigating, when I had four lawsuits and I was prevailing in civil in front of a Judge Stevens, he got caught in a double bind because what happened was I never lost an arguable motion. They, they will bring opposing counsel will bring arguments based on a motion to strike was the first one. Ten law firms on one side of the aisle. I have 12 file boxes full of documents with uh, legal documents and my, the whole trunk of my town car is full of the back seats full of two level of file box. You guys give me an email. I can send you the thank you letter from Matisha James, the, the picture of the back seat of my car with the file boxes. I also exposed to the Department of Justice Task Force on Corruption. The CPA in my father's probate matter went to prison for fraud and Ponzi scheme. Now, when people are corrupt, he was a Castellano, another crime family. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're everywhere here in Corrupticate, you know, right next to New York. You know what I mean? The mafia, 
and Mayor Ganim went to prison and was reelected. The Bridgeport cops got all behind them. <laughs> it's just there's unbelievable. Just so much, there's so much history where you're at. It's just yes. like New York is one of the first states, and so it's corrupt to get where the Constitution state. They, they, they got to get their pension somehow. somehow. You know, they got to get their, their right? pension. Their, their, they got to beat inflation somehow. <laughs> Dude, but let me tell you, brother. I had they assigned me a guardian and conservator. So now, like Britney Spears, you know what I mean? Now I got assigned to just, <laughs> now I got, this is before they put me in the psych ward. I ended up in the psych ward for two months, threatened again. What happened was the first time, uh, they, they, oh boy, this is, this one, they all worked together. The judge who was on the advanced litigation committee ordered a comp eval, right? And then they determined the Department of Mental Health Addictive Services shrinks that are all their puppets, that I was, Genovese was one of them, you know what I mean? That I was, I needed to get in jail diversion and then blah, blah, blah. Then when I got arrested the third time, then they had me go to Yale. Now keep in mind, Yale, Yale Divinity School, Yale Law School, you see what I mean? Fordham University, Fordham Law. Those are all the P, those Harvard. are all the, the, the main initiatives that come through descendancies. You know what I mean? They're, 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 they're meant to be there. They're, they're, they got oh. there through. They didn't just, they weren't just the smartest and brightest. They were the smartest and brightest of the parents who were the smartest and brightest. And they usually, exactly. and they usually get married and change the last name. That's why Bill Clinton yes. was adopted. That's why Obama, you don't really know because they're yeah. groomed from this point to do the, what the program was started 10 generations ago. This it's like yes, playing Chris. risk. It's like playing risk and chess. They're not thinking this generation. They're not thinking the next generation. They've been planning out things for generations to forget because it takes three generations for people to forget so you got to remember this has to be a slow game so you don't get the uh hit with the being the villain oh yeah yeah exactly you guys i'm really glad because i've never gotten this deep with anybody frankly um uh, leo doesn't have time to talk like this you know and then the, there's another guy kevin with uh, uh, Black Bear, he, it's a very short period of time that he'll speak. And then he, you know, he, he tries to cut it off at an hour between his broadcast and taking callers. So I, all I do is scratch the very surface. So I'm really glad I found you guys and you're very well, aware. We're really too. glad you found us because honestly, like I said, me, we, he, Shaw moved to Scottsdale to work for uh, our electric company back in during COVID. And we lived in together as roommates and we didn't know each other. So we were stuck during COVID together. And I was still wow. in my very materialistic party. Wow. So, like, I, yeah. I, I hang out with these people. Mm. I'm, I'm part of the group, but I'm not part of the group. <laughs> how How do you – I want to ask you about that a little bit. Um, oh. um, do you – so, okay, so, Chris, I'm what you're telling me is – If I'm at their house, they're, they're going to come to me and ask me, hey, can you go grab this? You know where it's at. So, so how does this work? So – they're in the system. Some of them are compromised and some aren't, but they're okay with you. I'm a little confused. How does that work? I'm, like such, not looking I'm at- such an aggressive person that I have made my case and I was such a loyal person, but I'm not out there spreading my words out there in the group. I'm oh. very on my own saying I, and I'm not against, but I'm not in there. And I talk to them in closed rooms behind these things. And then they smile and they always will ask me questions because they, they know I know. And they like to keep me closer than further away. And getting rid of me would probably make it pretty obvious. I'd be like more like a mortar, like, man, maybe Chris wasn't crazy. I think the idea is more to make Chris look crazy since he defected. 
Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. Because I'm, what, what happened for me was, um, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Well, they ruined here for me. They what they did was, addict. you know, they turned you into a drug addict and uh, he's just out there. He lost his way. So I stopped drinking and partying. So nobody could say that. Well, Chris, what they did along those lines, two things. One, they tried to get me involuntarily conserved so they can medicate me. Right. So the first attempt was six months before they put me in the psych ward and I they assigned a guardian and a conservator, two attorneys that both told me they were going to do Judge Arthur a favor. Mob talk. That's the guy's first name, Arthur. Right. We're going to do Judge Arthur a favor. First name. I'm like, huh? oh, you are. Two first names is even with more yeah. trouble. <laughs> All right. Right now I'm like, oh, man. So I read the probate law rule book, which was only 196 pages. And I went in with all my evidence and three file boxes into the you have to go. See, if they're going to conserve you for person in the state, they have to bring a case for the probate court. See the way you talk, the way you have your points and, you know, where you got it from and are on top of your shit. I don't understand how anybody could think like, man, this guy doesn't even know what he's talking about. You're not going in circles. I talk to very uh, people all the time that are just not there in their head and they can't even have a conversation that doesn't overloop itself where they contradict themselves <laughs> and they're not considered crazy. Because, well, this is how they never let me. Okay. When you're pre-trial criminal, pre-trial civil, when you're in probate, when you're in housing and I fought in all of them, when you're in family, there's no jury, no fact finder. It's just the judge and you and opposing counsel. Opposing counsel could be the state, the state's attorneys. Do you follow me? And so the judge does what he wants. You know what I mean? There's no fact finder there. There's no one there that is objective. No, it's met, you in, know back, what I mean? it's met in back rooms and brushing like, okay, I got these three. You got this one that you need to help you. That's just, we'll make this. Give me this and I'll give you this. It's all a negotiation in a back room or on a, at a synagogue. One of the two. Well, what they did was they did that. And then they arrested me repeatedly and they smeared me. For example, the, I, they they claim I drove people to hysterical tears. I trespassed, breached the peace. <laughs> I love they, you. They, yeah. yeah. It's crazy. I mean, I literally yeah. was praising in praising Jesus is what's on 91 Dispatch. I was praising Jesus because my mentor, Brother Bimo Ananda, told me in the face of evil, praise Jesus. You see, like you would say the Lord's Prayer if you were fighting an exorcism. You know what I mean? So I was just praising Jesus. And that's on 9-1 Dispatch. You, you got to remember my motions they're, they're, are, they're, 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 uh, they stop at the end of the Torah. And that, so the next part with praising Jesus yes. doesn't really go in court. <laughs> no, no. And in my emails i'm citing things like i'm telling you and i was quoting the gospels chapter and verse like matthew yep. 23 the seven woes are hypocrites where jesus chastises the high priest. yeah i yeah. understand the old testament in court right 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 but me i'm new testament guy and so no, i know i'm I giving was, you uh, what i've learned how my ways of working in the court system has learned is if you just follow the ways of moses because our court system is based off the court of moses right Right. Well, I was, I cited the prophet Isaiah. I cited, you know, it didn't matter. If I, although Stevens, I would say he would smile at me when I would quote the gospels. I had, I got to know the marshals in the courthouse really well because I was in and out of there four years, um, fighting. And a lot of them, there's a lot of good people in the system, a lot of good clerks, a lot of good cops I met, 
who encouraged me. I had one cop wrote a five-page exculpatory report on my behalf, a trooper believes They buried that sucker. Yeah, the cops, you know, that, one of my best friends is a 20-year vet for the sheriff's department. Liz. We went to high school together, and he's seen my journey, and he saw who I was hanging out with, and he's seen how what I do now and how I live my life now. And he's been my biggest supporter of the Maricopa Sheriff's Department out here in Arizona. He's uh, been a, not, he's been not against things, I don't say, around here. Yeah, well, I, the, this trooper wrote a five-page exculpatory report. They buried that. That's a Brady violation. That prosecutor buried exculpatory evidence. Not to mention my emails. But they could see they. I would say to my public, they always here's what here's a red flag for you. They always gave me supervisor of public defenders for class C misdemeanors, harassment too. They couldn't prove supervisor. So I'd say, oh, you're supervisor, like as if I had a stutter. You're st- the supervisor. I said, you people are all freaking corrupt. I call them right out, right to their face. One guy's it name is. was Boynton. I used to call him Boondoggle. Boondoggle Boynton. I said, what do you? What game are you going to play today? He's the one who ran me. I had to go before Yale shrink. Dr. Zing Yu Zong, I called him. Dr. Zong. Was it a Freudian or a Jungian? Zong, I don't know. He's with Yale. He's a Harvard graduate, Yale psych department. He may not be there anymore. I I call the psych department to bitch him out. I never stop what I'm doing. I'm sending emails out. The 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 invest. I mean, it's House senators and representatives and and police departments. And so anyway. I'm not, you know, uh, the inspector general. I lobbied for laws. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, they, they're all part of the system, you know, so they're all going to cover up. But you get a little here and there. You, you meet a good cop, you know, who tells you keep doing what you're doing, you know, thanks me, tells me to do more. You know, you know, Mr. Bonatati, you're not doing anything illegal. You know what I mean? In multiple police departments, Shelton, Trumbull, Milford, state police, I've been arrested. And, there were always good cops. And the way, what I always did was I always filed commendations for the good cops and citizens' complaints on the bad cops, right? So that puts internal into a double bind, right, Shaw, right, Chris? Because what can they do? If they cite the commendation and impeaches the complaint, do you see what I'm yeah, saying? Most people yeah. actually don't even do a commendation. So it's like, that's even more rare. Yeah. And so that, that, put internal in fact the, the last two police departments the shelton police and milford police never even responded they're required in the public domain to you know if you go into the public domain on every police department site they're supposed to respond in one of four four formats you know what i mean one of four responses to your so i never got a response at all well i'm going to tell you that this is how corrupt i'm going to say i got six felonies and they're pretty bad ones like f choose along the thing this is how i know it's all true because this is when i was really part of the group chuck them up i've never spent more than fourteen thousand dollars in lawyers and i've never spent a day in jail amen well i tried to represent myself before i enlisted a public pretender and that was you might as well be talking to satan you know what i mean no matter what yeah, i no, said for real. The judge, for real. i'm sorry yeah for real they're 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 wanting to get up to the next level they want to get into the dark the deep state they, they're, they're do whatever it takes they didn't get that. right, right. So, so now jumping forward to how I ended up in the psych ward was Dr. Zong. There was an intern was the only one with him that was, you know, redoing the psych eval. And my corrupt public pretender was there, Boondoggle Boynton, who had already buried Trooper Belize's exculpatory report. This guy was just railroading me big time. He's a former supervisor of public defender out of Derby. And now he's got his own law firm. And, you know, and uh, he said to me, too, there's a lot of people who don't like you, Bill. 
I heard that from the guys that tried to get me conserved too. The, the, I hear the same verbiage over and over again. I get that. You know what I mean? Heard, a lot of people I've, don't like I've, you. Sorry. Yeah, I've I've gotten that a lot as well. Yep. You know what I'm it's talking about, I'm right? I'm proud. And, and in doing so, see, there's kinetic. See, I studied the Connecticut General Statutes. I studied the law. Mm-hmm. I studied the law rule book. You know, anytime I write a motion, it was pursuant to law rule book. Anytime I fought, I cited statutes, et cetera, and case law, common laws, et cetera. I have a degree in resource economics from URI. I was offered a grad assistantship. I didn't want to sit in a cubicle at that age coming out of college. Amen. I have my background, I worked on federal Superfund sites on heavy equipment. For, um, with a 40-hour 40 40 hour whopper on federal Superfund sites for a couple different companies, um, operating dozer, excavator, loader, whatever. I worked my way up. Um, but the point I'm trying to make is I had no arrest. I had security clearances. You see what I'm saying? I had no history. Of, even didn't even have a parking ticket on my record or a traffic ticket. You follow That's me? That's why so, they hit the flush on you. Right. <laughs> That's, exactly, I mean, bro. They... Uh, I, yeah, I, I'm I'm currently going through it because um, there's no statute of limitations on the kind of things that they did to me in in North Texas. Those police, those cops, and uh, I was it's tough with all my stuff to be for futurely discredited because it's credible. <laughs> I think that I was all planned in the game to make me discredible with everything the infractions that's happened. <laughs> of course. Oh yeah, well, what. Here's how they discredited me now. They, I got Dr. Zong, I call him Zing Yu Zong, Dr. Zong out of Yale, Yale Divinity, Yale Psych, you know, Yale Law, you know, it's all connected, right? Harvard, Yale. This is the seat of the American Bar Association. Secret societies. Right, and the societies, all the societies. Like I said, the. I'm sorry? Secret societies. Yes, and the Knights of Columbus Tower is mm -hmm. in New Haven. You know what I mean? Not to mention, they they burned women at the stake 40 years before Salem at Fairfield Center. Do you follow me? And, you know, we're talking old New England colonial, colonialism. You know what I'm saying? Some burnt you offerings? Know? Yes. Yeah. And it's, it's very, and it's very important to recognize that, like, um, they don't, they don't end their old way. They just no. put it, they put a new jacket on them and then keep rolling them out in different well, I think we talked last week we just said that the Bill Gates Foundation is just uses plays from the Rockefeller Foundation whenever they looked bad what did they do you know and every single time that there was to wait just go back and use old playbooks mm-hmm. oh oh his patent Bill Gates he has a patent 060606 what the hell is that patent for I'm trying to remember have you heard of that patent that Gates has uh, filed it's it's um I gotta search that again. I'm drawing one? a blank. I'm sorry. It's a recent one or a former one. Yeah, yeah. And it's the Bill Gates patent. If you were to you know use I use Brave. I like to use a different search engine than Google because Google buries everything. I can find shit on Google. But if you right. were to use Bill Gates patent, even this vague, if you Bill Gates patent zero six zero six zero six. That's how I I heard someone talk about it on one of these alternative platforms, and that's what I retained. You know what I mean, and I found course, it that way. Yeah. Oh, but um, I googled the the patent, and um, I wanted to say we here in kind of like like I said, we want to keep it like current, so we are in like the the shit turning business. So I looked it up on Google, and all the headlines are specifically saying 
No, it does not mention inserting microchips into your body, which tells me, <laughs> you know. Exactly. That's that's why I'm laughing because they're all saying it's like, no, it's not about this, and it's like, well, that tells me exactly what it's about. <laughs> yeah, they give it away every time. They're like, nope, that ain't it. Well, you know, what I just the router is ultimate weapon. Look, yes, look at ambiguity. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So, so check it out. So I'm sitting with Doctor Zing Yuzong in a compaval at you know Yale along with this intern, and we're do- they give you the, what I call the Trump test. You know, remember Trump said he passed this? It's basically a senility test, you know, yeah. come back from 100 by 7, say these words, forwards, these words. So we're going through all this shit, and finally I put my hand down. I had a file that I had <clears throat> my emails, and I'm like, what am I, hell am I here for? I said, you got nothing. I said, my email, let me start reading my emails. I said, hey, to Boondoggle Boy, and I said, which emails? What emails, Michael? What do you mean? What email? Like, it's played stupid. Like, what, what, huh? You know what I mean? And so they, you know, they, they got a script go. It's always a script. You know what I mean? When you go in front of them. And, and so I started reading off some of my emails. The doctor's all like, that's enough. That's enough. I've heard enough. Right. And so then I finally put my hand down. I, I keep the pocket Bible on me when I, you know what I mean? And I pull it out and I slap it on the table. I said, this is the only law rule book I go by right here, the New Testament. I said, I said, you, I said, beware of philosophers, the men who deceive with vanities of the spiritual wickedness of this world, not of Jesus Christ. I forget what passage that is, you know? And, and as I say that, right, beware of philosophers, the men who deceive with vanities of the spiritual wickedness, you know, the intern stands up and says, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would make me so happy. I love that type of stuff. And Sean knows that. Like, anytime I, well, I knock on doors, and if you, I don't know if you can see my picture right here, but I resemble looking like Jesus Christ very much. So if you ask me, even with my broken nose, like cooks, and every right. when I was in Dallas knocking on doors, Bible Belt, I would get some houses would be like, oh my God. You just look at yeah, yeah. so we'd spend an hour talking about things and brother Paul because my name is Christopher Paul. So wow, <laughs> that doesn't tell you much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I see your picture. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. So I'll I'll send you guys a picture at some point. I don't know how to do that with because I'm kind of new to calling. But if you give me an email address, I'll give you mine. We can communicate. You know. Yeah, for sure. And, I don't know how we do that. Do right now, right now we're currently putting all our stuff out on Instagram. Um, and then I am tasked with starting up some counter communities and things like that where we can share exactly what you're talking about and spark discussions with a wider audience. So Cool. Um, That'd be just, great. You know, I've been looking for that because, let me say, uh, kudos, Shaw, because when I was in my Facebook groups, I was involved with, like, all these criminal justice reform, social justice reform groups on Facebook, and then probate reform groups. Of course, Castellano ended up in prison. Still don't know where that money is because the goddamn legal mafia, the racketeering going on here is unbelievable. I got arrested exposing all this, you know, crimes. So uh, anyway, so they run me through this compaval. They determined I was irrestorable to competency. To it. Speak, Here's how they get to Speak freely, brother. This room is not for children. Okay. I was irres- determined three times in three different criminal settings to be irrestorable the competency to assist my public defender. Right? To, to assist my public defender. 
So the first two times it was jail diversion program, jail diversion. And finally, they determined that uh, uh, the statute had expired after 13 months. If the prosecutor doesn't file a motion for continuance, um, they have to stop prosecuting. So but what I'm getting at is so the first two cases, they dismissed claiming I was irrestorable to competency to go to trial after they offered me nollies. Right. So, you know, this is total bullshit. Do you follow me? And then the third case is when they, the Dr. Zong testified in court that I could possibly be restored to competency to assist my corrupt public defender, right? They incarcerated me two months in our state-run psych ward in Whiting CVH in Middletown. That's brother. I got strip searched. Yeah. Wow. I'm sorry. Two months you you served? I'm sorry, what'd you say, Chris? In a mental ward, you were there for two months? Yeah, full max security psych ward. Yeah, they committed yeah. him. I'm oh, wow. so they sorry. committed me. That's a bad Yeah, job. no, listen what they did. They, Of course, they strip search you when you go in there. My attitude was, first, you know, in the courtroom, my public defender would not cross-examine Dr. Zong from Yale. Supervisor public defender would not cross-examine the doctor. So I argued with him. The judge heard me arguing. So Boondoggle says to Judge Ronan, Mr. Bonatati would like to ask some questions. So I said, well, first of all, Judge, I'd like to cross-examine Dr. Zong. He goes, we're not going to let you do that, right? Obstruction. So objection, Judge. I feel I have a right. I need to. No, we're not going to let you do that. We'll let you make a few statements. So remember I told you that the um, um, the CPA, my father's probate matter, ended up imprisoned, right? Okay, that's Joe Castellano out of Wallingford. If you look that up online, the DOJ press release on Joe Castellano out of Wallingford, he went to prison for fraud and Ponzi scheme. So by that time, he was indicted. He may have been convicted. I'm not sure. I'm trying to remember the timelines. Because <clears throat> this all, I was fighting from 2014 to 2018. Do you follow me? I do. I do follow you. Our co-host has to go very soon. We do have a, a little bit more. This is recorded live and stuff like that i'm going to be cutting stuff out do you want me to specifically cut anything out for you no like, man because i, the way I, I do appreciate is... the con- i do appreciate the transparency and and how how much we've all shared and things like that and just to respect your privacy if there's anything you'd like me to cut out i should ask no i'm now. good i'll tell you what william is my first name bonitati like bonita b as in boy o Mm-hmm. N is in Nancy I, T is in Thomas A, T is in Thomas I, like Bonita with a T I at the end, Bonita T. If you look <laughs> me up online, I look like the biggest asshole on the planet. I'm Mexican. Why? I'm Mexican. No, it's true. <laughs> Bonita. True. You read the first thing. I allegedly drove this woman. Man goes into the lawyer's office, uh, allegedly collected a debt, comes out with silver bracelets. Suppose I drove the secretary to hysterical tears. I was praising Jesus. She was trying to help me. Okay, that was bullshit, bullshit. The first two cops wouldn't make the bad arrest. They're like, come on, these attorneys are no good. But they were overruled by a third cop brought in by by uh, the, the, the corrupt attorney Mullins. He's got a, I don't know if it's a cousin or brother, Robert Mullins, who's a prosecutor. So the good cop, Scott Thompson, said to me, he was forced to arraign me. He says, don't go up against. Mullins, Muller, sounds familiar. Mullins, Mullins, M-U-L-L-I. Yeah, was the one of the FBI, right? The. The, the director of the FBI. Yeah. Yes. No, it's all in the family, it's brothers. All in the it's family. all in the Those family. Those are changes by like a, the couple of grand, grand, grandfathers separate maybe. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Mullins is a Yale graduate. 
you know, skull and bones, you know, the, the, these. So the good cop, Scott Thompson, who's now in Westbrook, right in front of Douglas Smith, the and I always file my citizens complaints on all these. I commend the good cops, Scott Thompson, Aleo, so it wouldn't make a bad arrest. So they bring in a third cop, Massa, little stooge who makes a bad arrest. Now, this is comical because I'm 430 pounds at that point. I'm 400 pounds now. You know, I told you I, I, I played ball. And uh, I got a pituitary angiogen disease that put all the weight on. But I look like, I literally look like Popeye's uh, arch nemesis. You know, <laughs> it was a Brutus. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm literally 100 and, 143 pounds, <laughs> a skinny little twig. That's what, and all like, I, but I'm like the most standing my ground and, but nice and can get crazy person there is too. So it's like, it's weird. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, so so the good cops I commend, right? So I commended the two good cops because they wouldn't make the bad arrest. You know what I mean? This is all a railroad job. And and I commended two good cops. I complained against one. Do you know the chief Lombardo wrote it up as complaints against three? Right? Now, impeachable. My public pretenders refuse to get sworn statements from the first two cops. There's things I've, I've learned how to fight. There's something called the Crime Scene Investigation Guidelines commissioned by the Department of Justice for all law enforcement, 2009. And if you get arrested, right, and by a third cop who comes later, that's a hearsay false statement or a hearsay statement. She has to have sworn statements in the report from the first eyewitnesses. Do you follow me? Those are the first responders. This corrupt cop. Well, does I'm not glad have a... I, I never heard that. This, this interesting stuff. Yeah. Oh, no, I could tell you things I've learned uh, fighting in probate, fighting in housing, fighting in civil, fighting criminal. I had to outdo my public pretenders because they were freaking completely corrupt. And, 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 and to get my SSDI, what I had to go through, I represented myself. But the point I'm trying to make is that <clears throat> the, the, the CSI guidelines, commissioned by the Department of Justice. You can find this online, even on Google. You don't have to go to Brave or something. So this crime scene investigation guidelines, commissioned by the Department of Justice for all law enforcement, 2009. There's a 12-member panel and a 44-member sub-panel. On the 44-member sub-panel is a Robert Mullins, who was at that time detective in the Haven, who's now a prosecutor. Patrick Mullins was a corrupt um, attorney. You follow me? M-U-L-L-I-N-S. And if you, in fact, the city of New York, the best I can recall, there was a uh, head of the police union who was a Mullins. They're tied in. This is, like you said, generational, generational. You know what I'm saying? And systemic. So yes. I have no problem. Those two things because- particularly. It depends if the, the closer you are to that Mayflower ship, like the Bush family, the more the more dug in you are. Oh, you're over the target. You know you're over the target when this stuff happens. So, so get. So I want to jump forward just to how I I, I ended up in the psych ward. So uh, the judge Ronan wouldn't let me cross examine because I know we're limited for time. The the judge would not let me cross examine the shrink. So I turned to him. I said, Well, how is it? How can I be incompetent, judge, when right across from this courthouse is Attorney Joe Mager's law firm, John and Joe? They do administrative duties for the court. I know that. Uh, because one of the clerks, I got to know the clerks, obviously, in and out of there for four years. And they cut, they get to realize who you are and they see what's happening. And the honest clerks feel bad. You know, they, they talk to you on the side. You know what I mean? Cause they feel horrible. They'd see what's happening. And the good marshals. They should you know feel I mean? bad. Like, yeah, well, they... you got to keep in mind, Sean, they, a lot of them, 
came up believing they could help. Like one said to me, you know, I got into this to help people. And, but they got their, like Air Force you know, they have their law degrees. They'll lose their law license. Like Air Force Do you pilots. follow me? They'll be disbarred. That's what happens to the good ones. You know what I mean? Yeah. They'll I mean, lose they'll, their job. They'll blacklist you from the alumni society. They'll. Yes. Yes. And, yes. And absolutely. Sure. Stuff like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So what happens is, so, so I'm in with this phony comp about, and then I have the court hearing and I said, well, how is a judge that I'm incompetent when attorney Joe Mayer was the executor in my father's probate matter, but the CPA appointed is now in prison. That didn't happen in a vacuum. I went to four judges and Mager was the executor. The judge cut me off. That's enough. Mr. Bonatati cuff them, bring them downstairs. You, you put me in the paddy wagon off to the max security psych ward, Whiting CVH, Middletown, Connecticut. Fortunately for me, at that time, the Department of Justice and the CMS was investigating Whiting. You can find this online, too. If you were to do Whiting CVH, Connecticut uh, Valley Hospital, Central, I forget what this is. I think it's Connecticut Valley Hospital. Yeah, Whiting CVH. Um, <clears throat> at that time, they were having hearings. Uh, patients were literally were abused and 34 employees of Whiting were walked off. They were abusing the patients in the psych ward brothers. That's so, and that's this what is what we were talking about. I said like in the early 1920s, that's what they did. They, you yep. got put there and it was a complete torture. So people didn't speak out against corruption because they were put in the loony bins. There were, there were so many loony bins at the turn of the century that you know, they, they were, and they were looking like, like I said, universities. And that was yes, the grand... Yes. And that was your grand question. Why, why did Jimmy and Joe just talk about it like the way they talked about it? The threat is still out there. And they're also comedians, so I don't blame them for joking about it. Well, what I was going to say <laughs> is in my, in my groups that I was involved, I never got kicked off of Facebook for any of this. I made videos. There was something called hashtag replay with Facebook where someone it messaged me through messenger once said you got to go to hashtag replay you're all over hashtag replay i'm like what the hell is that what that is is the administrators of the groups forward to hashtag replay what they feel are the best of facebook so here i was making videos on how to get criminal cases dismissed how to get your ssdi you know uh filing a lawsuit you know i would say i'm not a lawyer here's just what i did and then what happened and of course i have the thank you letter from Letitia james i have my other phone i only have two phones i don't have a production studio and here i am showing the department of justice indictment of joe castellano in other words i had corroborating evidence that outside of you know the state prosecutors this is how i got cases dropped you see what I'm and, saying? Yeah, I'm, and I commend you for that because there's so many people at the lower economic forum that don't have the time, the means to do these things. And they just get suffered in through the system. They get hit with a $10,000 bail, two years in prison. Uh, oh, and, yes. And then their, their life is back and then they never get back up. Well, what they did. Okay, so I'm in Whiting, right? And I got involved. I knew... Uh, I, uh, uh, one of the other people in Whiting, this fellow John was in a similar boat as me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That probably had a lot to do with it. And let me tell you something. There were six units and I used to walk around the yard talking to everybody. When you're older, like me, they first time ever heard this, they're like, Hey, how you doing? OG. 
I had a little beard with white and then white hair. And I'm like, oh, gee, you know, and then I realized that stands for old guy. So when you're incarcerated, you know, this is a full max lockdown security prison with rapists, arsons, murderers. Unit six was all the I thought serious. OG was original gangster. Well, depending on how you look at it, maybe they meant that. You know what I mean? I thought it was old guy. Maybe I'm learning something. You know what I'm saying? No, but anyway, they used to call me old. That's what OG means. Okay. Like you're the one original gang. You're the one starters. You're the oh, because I'm older. Right, right. Yeah. And uh, Ocean I became like a jailhouse. Ocean grown. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so what I used to do was when I'm out in the yard, I used to have, they give you, they, you know, gave me back my pocket Bible. They took my rosary because it had a string. You know what I mean? So they take anything that has strings off you. You know what I mean? And, um, so I used to sit in the yard and, and pray and, and people sometimes would come over. I got to where I would just walk around the yard, you know, chilling and talking to people. And I actually enjoyed being in there on some level because, you know, I'll tell you what, I met so many people who'd been seriously abused as children who then acted out their abuse on one level or another. People who were in and out of demonic cults, uh, but it all stemmed from child abuse and being abused. Do you follow me? Mostly everybody I talked to, either in the family or in the neighborhoods. Do you follow me? your first seven years of your life. So you, you give me the first seven years of a child, I'll tell you who the man's going to be. It, 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 it's true because, you know, none of, I used to say, none of us come out with horns and red tights and, and Blank a tail. Slates. Do you follow Blank me? slates that have stuff in our DNA that we can pull out to remember. But other than right. that, you're, 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 you're programmed. We are programmed. It's and for we can talk about karma. Trauma. For generational right, it's trauma. Generational. In fact, I'm a survivor of incest. Wow. That's, yes. And so... So, which is why I'm such an advocate to fight for victims. Do you follow mm-hmm. me? Mm-hmm. And my own civil rights. And so, what, what's happening here? I, I, it, so, so getting back to Whiting. So, I joined the steering committee, which was patients meeting with administrators. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> you can go once a week. And when I first went, there were two representatives. They were talking about Xbox controls, and I don't play Xbox. So I didn't, wasn't sure what they were addressing really, but that and also some things out of the corner store like Doritos or something that we're no longer getting. That was the extent of what they were talking about. Well, I started circulating out in the yard and talking to people. I said, oh, no, because the treatment team threatened to have me medicated. And what I realized was anytime anyone spoke out, they got over medicated. Do you follow me? Yeah. And this is what the treatment team threatened me they said to me at one point see what i ended up we ended up with about uh, a handful i would say up to 10 representatives at one time at the steering committee meetings and these guys who were long timers like 20 30 years were coming forward they felt safe enough to speak because the doj was investigating due to a patient death and due to a, a lawsuit brought by another patient's family where it was they had walked off 34 employees due to patient abuse. So the timing was right. You follow me? That I was in there. Thank God. When that was, I'm trying to Shahadi. Shahadi was the guy. They put dirty diapers on his head. They had videos of him uh, being abused. And then there was another fella within that two year window who had choked on a Twix bar. They held him down. and He choked to death. He was choking on a Twix bar. They didn't do the Heimlich. You follow me? And so 
this was all being investigated at the time. And this is in the public domain in Connecticut. You can see this um, on the Internet. They haven't scrubbed this from Google. You know what I mean? And uh, there's still there's still oversight committees to bring reform to Whiting CVH. So I was in there from uh, October, the month of October. Let's see. They, I got put in there October 4th and I was there October 4th to December 4th. It's a two month. What they do is they put you in two months at a time to allegedly restore you to competency to go to trial. And if they feel they need to, they'll bring you back indefinitely. You know what I mean? And so, so the treatment teams, I got involved with the steering committee and I complained that Connecticut Legal Rights Project, state funded for people with the disabilities and disability rights, Connecticut federal funded. And I wrote a 40 page report to the Department of Justice in Washington, Civil Rights Disability Unit, Civil Rights Unit and Office of Inspector General, then the District Office in the Haven, and then Senator Heather Summers, who was on the Whiting Oversight Committee at the time and Representative Mina Gonzalez on the House Judiciary Committee. So I got a 40 page report out to everybody. I had people brought in from juvie to replace the 34 employees walked off due to patient abuse. And they were they were trying to help me. They were like, they would say to me, Can, we know you're talking to Senator Heather Summers. Could you make this report for us? They wanted to be anonymous because they were afraid of union retaliation. Do you follow me? So now you had people there who it was an atmosphere of intimidation, even for the employees. Do you follow me? To speak out. Yeah, because they and chose so, their route. They chose their career path. And everybody's afraid of things going worse than they already are. And nobody wants to go backwards. Well, so they're like, afraid that they're – see, don't forget, the police were on campus, what we called campus, on the, in the psych ward, and they were out in the yard all the time. And, and, and if, if we heard a certain alarm, we were told to go to our rooms, and you see the cops running down the hallways. You know, they detain patients, whatever they needed to do. And so I met with the campus police. The campus police are viewing 24 – surveillance 24-7. So none of this happens without the cops knowing. Do you see what I'm saying? And the administrators are above them. And you have the treatment teams. And so this is all being done. Like Even like when I was in probate, nothing happens in a vacuum. There's judges. There's an executor. Do you follow me? There's And then when you're – this is a cabal. You know what I mean? It's a legal mafia. You see what yeah, I'm the, saying? The, you corruption, know the corruption causes leaks. In the system, when, when there's supposed to be oversight, oh. what? Like there is no oversight. That's a fallacy. Yeah, I say there's supposed to be, and and the corruption causes the leaks. Like, right. they're supposed to be there to be uh, serving, protecting, observing, reporting, leaks. maybe. But now they're, you know, as as you're describing, I'm so sorry. It's all happened. Like, it's oh no, happening, listen, I, happening, I, I look, happening to thousands okay. every day. Like, that's the sad reality. Well, this it's is like, the thing. This is. I, I went public, the, the Connecticut Post, the Hartford Current. In fact, when I told this, there was a service center manager in the courthouse in Milford. You know, I was brought up, you have trouble with service, fellas. You go to the service department, you know what I mean, to get your complaints in. My emails to the service center manager are exposing all this. She was part of the system, exposing the corrupt judges. I called up one day. I said, I, this is before I got run into Whiting. This was the arrest that ran me into Whiting. She brought the harassment charge, right? And I called up one day. I said, look, I'm sick and tired of this abuse, this violation of my First Amendment rights, my 14th Amendment rights, you know, 
Ninth Amendment rights, you know, I said, I am going to expose all this. I'm going to blow up the story, the well-known press idiom. I even defined it. The well-known press idiom. I'm going to blow up the story. I'm going to go to the press. I'm going to get on Facebook. I'm going to out these corrupt judges, these corrupt prosecutors and public defenders in court operation personnel. I've had enough. This is a, you know, a, a coat. Well, I cited the Gospels, you know, uh, a whitewashed tomb full of dead bones, full of dead bones of inequity. This is Matthew 23, the seven woes of hypocrites. This is completely corrupt. Jesus Christ himself chastised the high priest and the lawyers of the time, the scribes. Do you follow me? And when nothing's changed, you know, so in that regard. So it's put on so, a different face. That's all it's done. Yes. It's, it's that's all evolved. it's done. It's, it's You're absolutely right, Sean. So what happened is. I, next thing I know, I get a visit from a Shelton cop, Koran, and a state trooper. Now, the Sean Sakirith, the chief of Shelton, who never responded to my citizens' complaints, by the way, other than threatening me with more arrests, is a former state trooper. I ended up with a state trooper at my door from Troop I and a Shelton cop, big tall fella, Koran, and this little uh, uh, Masa, no, uh, what was her name? Casey. Casey. Okay. She wouldn't give me her name or badge number. She, they come to my door. The first thing I say to them is name and badge number. What in penal code 53A, the Connecticut penal code brings you here? What are you investigating? I want penal codes and I want, now she had her arms folded. It took me three days to get her name and badge number out of Diavecchio, who was captain at Troop I at the time. She wouldn't give it. Okay, so I know I'm like you're on a rogue operation. I said, "What brings you here?" She says, "They have those groups." Do we call using? They I'm have sorry. Those group, they have those. I'll tell you, they have groups that go and bring people out of their houses of rogue police officers that are like on duty but off duty. They got their black groups. Oh yeah, they call them special operations. Uh, I know they they, they try to they try to come get me at my house point. I was in my driveway going in my house, and then they were trying to yeah they they were trying to do that to me a couple times. Well, I called I've them. tried to. I call them secret societies, and also that's exactly right. Also, You're this is exactly how right. this is how Breonna Taylor, the whole incident, got started by a robot. The whole Breonna Taylor incident. There's a woman who got shot in Kentucky, I believe, um, based on a rogue operation that went very wrong. But continue. Oh. Well, okay. Let me say, I want to. I say, Shelton Police. Manny Dominguez, good cop. He was like, you're not doing anything illegal, Mr. Bonatati. This had to do with the Christian Counseling Center of St. Paul's Church. When I'm talking about the crimes of the church at large, not my experience, but at large in counseling, they had recently gotten rid of a priest and for an alleged uh, crisis situation, quote unquote. And the new priest, Amjad, asked us to give more money because he took a pay cut. Now, First of all, if you know anything about the Gospels, Christ sent out his disciples without money bags to raise the sick. I'm sorry, to heal the sick, raise the dead, and cast out demons without money bags. His disciples did not get a salary. Do you follow me? So this Amjad was complaining because he came in a crisis situation and took a pay cut. Yeah, he sent, I'm like, he oh, sent shit. Thomas to India. Right? He sent, you know, every disciple went to the parts of the earth that they needed to go, and that's what they were giving them what to do. And they did it because they knew it was right to do, not because they were getting paid to do it. And they they did it by faith, which is what Christ taught them. Obviously, take no money bags with you. You live by faith, you you know, and so they, they teach us to live by faith. So the Catholic priests get paid a salary. 
Okay. And so this one was complaining because it took a pay cut. So I'm in counseling. I'm like, well, first of all, let's talk about the fact they call themselves father. Because in Matthew 23, the seven woes of hypocrites, of course, when someone calls Jesus good father, he turns to them. And what does he say? Why dost thou callest me good? He says, call no man on this earth your good father, depending on which virgin spiritual father, teacher or rabbi. Call no man's father, teacher, rabbi, but you have only one, your father in heaven. So right out of the blocks, they violate the gospels of Jesus Christ and the seven deadly sins of pride. You follow yep. me? Boom. Eco. Right? That's why they, that's right? why they don't like the gospel of Thomas too much. Cause he's, they, no, they hate the gospel of Thomas, right? The gospel of Thomas said, don't listen to your mother or your father. The one who raised by your mother and your father is in the eyes of God as a prostitute. <laughs> Right, right. Well, the Gospel of Thomas is, of course, King James eliminated that book and the Gospel of Mary. Yep. You follow me and many others. And, so how about and, the Dead Sea Scrolls? And, and, and Jesus, the, uh, the book of Enoch and, uh, yes. and, and uh, uh, St. Anna, Jesus' grandmother. Right, right, right. So, so I'm quoting the Gospels and I'm challenging the church based on, okay, Satan's got his foot in the church by the fact they call themselves father. Which, of course, puts them, you know, on a level with God the Father, which, you know, that's first in a pride. So I'm like, the seven deadly sins, you guys need to stop this. You know, the monastery I was on, we called one another brother. We never called one another father. Death, death, you know what to, I mean? death on the cross is death to the ego. Putting your yes. everything aside, you die for the, the following. You know what I mean? You're like, I'm over fighting against everything. <laughs> death on the cross. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So, so then I'm like, well, another thing is what was the crisis? Why can't anyone talk about the crisis? What, look, did he have a health issue? Did he have a crisis of faith? You know, did he run away and get eloped? Nobody in the last seven years has ever been willing, not the city attorney, Jack Basher for, um, for Mayor Loretti, not anyone in the police department would ever say what the crisis was. What's the crisis? So right away, me being a victim of incest, right? And then much later at Fordham, a sexual assault, which was a class D felony. I could tell you all about that. It was a groping. But compared to what I grew up with, it was, you know, nothing. I mean, it was wrong, but it, it's class D felony, but it was nothing compared to what I grew up with. And so what I'm getting at is I'm like, you know, I well, bring the priest into counseling then. You know what I mean? Let's talk. If the church is about healing people, and this is after the movie Spotlight came out, right, which is all about the Catholic Church, you know, the Spotlight investigations in Boston. Can I put in one chime in? I need to chime in one thing on something that you said. You know, when you talk about the incest that you grew up with, that inside, yes. I was looking back into my history, and when we talk about these initiations, I felt like my father was very like me, and he was, my dad was, died in 1999. Because he didn't want to join the party either. Uh, but I think before that, in 97, he was shaving his whole legs. He had he was very looking very feminine toward the thing. And I, I found pictures of me and my sister naked. You know what I mean? Not with each other, but separately. Like, if, like I was like, huh. I think that they were – my dad let those elitists sexually abuse me and my sister to be part of the group. And that's why he killed himself. You know, this so happens. You're absolutely right. It's, it's initiation. And I think that you were going through initiation – because it's called tethering. When you sleep with your father, you're tethered to him. Like, you won't look at women. You'll follow your father's lead. Well, uh, you know, there's um, actually 
I have an interesting relationship with the Catholic Church. I believe in exorcisms. Um, it was literally the, um, for me, uh, <clears throat> praying the Lord's Prayer. I mean, I, I, boy, I can share stories by you. In fact, I, I'm convinced the house was haunted. My mother used to say the house was playing tricks on her. Um, I've experienced things I can share with I've you. I've experienced uh, things like that too. I've lived in demonic houses where me and all my friends that were living there, we were experiencing different things like that we were all becoming uh, towards the darker side. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, the good and evil. I mean, this is the place, this is duality right here. Satan fell with one third the angels to rule what? Civilization. Jesus Christ, of course, said, I'm not of this world. And that only those willing to uh, pick up their cross and follow him, uh, the Via de la Rosa, the road of persecution, or, or only those are worthy to follow him into heaven. We, in other words, we will be persecuted. He said, "They, they, they hated me before they'll hate you, but rejoice because the spirit and the glory of God is upon you." And I'm paraphrasing from different passages, but so this brought me a lot of faith. Like when, obviously, whenever I fought this corruption, I, I you know, I always took it in that context, you know. I praise Jesus. I get arrested in a corrupt attorney's office. It's on nine one dispatch. I got railroaded. Twenty two months of prosecution. I'm exposing the Catholic Church. I got arrested. I was like, okay, Lord, you know, I'm physically disabled. I'm on two canes now. I need multiple surgeries. But this is again today. I pray in the morning. I said, what should I do, Lord? Lead me, guide me. And so there's a guy, Blackbeard, and I got on call in to kind of get ready to talk to him around one o'clock. And he's a good guy, like you all, but. We, we don't have the time. You know what I mean? He does a show on YouTube, and then uh, I think he may be on another platform. And eventually, we yeah, want yeah, to a wider that. audience. That's what I want to do. I eventually want to be at that level. Uh, I just, like you said, I'm live, I've given up materialistic things. I really put, rely on the, the, the kindness or, of others, to be honest with you, because I knock on doors and try to see if I get things. But I really turned my way over from if I chase after money, I lose chasing after what the big picture is. And I just create the same society. Right. Exactly. So you're doing the right and commend you for what you're doing because you know, I, I, it, it ties back to my passions. That's why I got involved with resource economics. It was the study of the allocation of finite resources using economic principles. But my passion for it was that if I can prove something makes financial sense, you know, be it a, a sewage treatment plant, uh, ramping it up from a single stage to a tertiary stage plant. There's huge financial outlays at first, but then you could build a cost benefit analysis study on how it's, it's profitable in the, in the, in the length of the treatment plant because it, it benefits the fisheries. It benefits the tourism industry. The beaches don't get closed. You see what I'm saying? And then you, you, that's how you build up a cost benefit analysis study. You see what I mean? Based on the time value of money. So so what I'm getting at is solar has always been a passion of mine. You know what I mean? And I got a story to share with you when I was at the on the ranch of six years that I I, I, I co-owned with my ex fiance about that. But I that's a whole nother chapter. But what I'm I'm when I, I really appreciate what you're doing, Chris, because I've always been about that, you know, sustainability, organic, you know, solar all that stuff. So I think you're, God's given you uh, uh, something you can uh, that can benefit people and also uh, uh, obviously benefit Mother Earth. I mean, this living biosphere we're in that is being destroyed by the evil. 
You know what I mean? Um, and the nihilism. You know, well, like, so, like, he's, like Chris said, it was during lockdown that and being stuck with me for six months that got him on all those things. Yeah, it really did. Like I, I literally <laughs> lived every day to go to the nightclubs and go to the bar, and I would wake up with people after partying at my house. But then those times when I wasn't, I was learning and opening my eyes and just learning and learning, and I was into the Egyptian stuff. I really oh. got into the Egyptian things for a while, and then we got talking, and he started telling me about – uh, what's your the guy about sustainable living that you would always talk about, Jock? Jock Fresco, yeah, the Venus Project. Oh, who was Jock Fresco? Okay. Well, he's passed away now, unfortunately. Uh, but he was a amazing mind thinker, um, civil engineer, and actually has some American cities built under his belt. But then he walked away from all that to start uh on on the same level that he got the cities built to get sustainable cities built went through the same crap cycle that um we spent the last three hours talking about you know what i mean whenever you try to get a good idea in front of some people who profit off of bad ideas and things not working well uh you're met with all kinds of resistance so he went through the same thing um trying to get his sustainable cities built and then spent the end of his life uh, developing uh, like kind of a concept city, and then he died. Uh, but Jacques Fresco is what era the did man. he live? Uh, Shaw, when was he alive? Pre-depression. So I think he's born like 1905 or something like that. So he lived like 19 1915 or something like that. Oh five fifteen. That, so he was right in line with Nikola Tesla. In that era, right? Uh, a little bit afterwards. A I little believe. bit after, I could, yeah. I could, they, I they could just Google this. Like, I should just Google this. <laughs> they come well, uh, let's say Nikola was maybe a generation or two older, but certainly, you know, the Tesla coil, Wardenclyffe Tower, you know, everything he was trying to do. 1916. Too young to get drafted, thankfully. Because <laughs> yeah, they, love, so, they love stealing our intelligence. Oh, definitely, definitely. So, 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 uh, so, so. Okay. So, what happened with and Whiting was they didn't like what I was doing regarding reporting to the DOJ. You know, et cetera, et cetera. Senator Heather Summers. Whenever you were to call, you'd have to check in with the the uh, uh, attendants for like the office they had on the wing. They would allow you to make a phone call, but they want to know who you're calling. They would make the call for you. So they knew I was calling Senator Heather Summers, who was on the Whiting Oversight Committee, and reporting to Jared Pico, who was direct assistant, and um, who was very gracious. He said, Mr. Bonatati, everything you're telling us is in the CMS and the DOJ reports. Is it still happening? I'm like, Jared, I've never read those reports. I'm just telling you what's going on in here. Because they're supposed to be reforming. I said, well, here's what's going on, brother. You know what I mean? And... Uh, so when they put me in front of the treatment team, uh, they got pissed off, Dr. Peterson. Now, let me say, uh, Shaw, you can edit anything you want as far as names, if you're concerned about liabilities or anything like that, any matter. I'm good with it all being put out because I put it out to the airwaves when I was on Facebook and I made my videos just like I'm talking to you now. Do you follow me? I didn't hold back names of judges, anybody, because I'm disabled. I'm indigent, first of all, and they've. 
They've never got any arrest to stick four and four years. Do you follow me? I was allegedly restored to competency in Whiting to go to trial. What they attempted to do was get me involuntarily conserved again. Dr. Peterson, the treatment team, Mr. Bonatati, we're considering having you uh, medicated. We think your mind is racing. I said, oh, is that right? I said, where in Penal Code 53A is a racing mind illegal? I, I said, love you, brother. That's that is that's it right there. Yeah. Where right. where does it say these are crimes? These are exactly. I said, first of all, not to mention, according to the Connecticut General Statute 5456D, case law Freddy versus California and Indiana versus Edwards. One is a competency to assist a public defender. The other is competency to rec to uh, represent yourself. I said, there is no probable cause to arrest me. I have a right to get complaints to the board of directors of the Christian Counseling Center without getting entrapped and framed. I have a right to get complaints to the Access to Justice Commission, whose charter is to study disabled indigent pro se litigants and how they can make the system better. I have a right to do that without getting arrested falsely for harassment. You follow me? You have no probable cause to have me in here. This is completely illegal. I said, and it all violates material aspects of evidence, uniform evidence rule, the doctrine of completeness, federal evidence rule 106, which puts everything into context. For example, you could be arrested, God forbid, if you killed somebody, but it doesn't mean you murdered them. Maybe you did. You definitely killed them. Let's say you shot them in the head, but maybe it was self-defense. Do you follow me? Everything's in context. And so when you have um, material aspects of evidence, uniform evidence rules being violated. All the emails are corroborating evidence and exculpatory. There's inculpatory evidence that would indict you, you follow me? And there's exculpatory evidence that would, you know, prove your innocence, exonerate you. Well, obviously, they would never produce any evidence that's material in aspect, any voicemail or any email, because they were exculpatory. You follow me, brothers? So they never had anything. And so then the press, the, the, the punishment became the process. Does that make sense? Just like they did the Dodzinger. Makes 100% regarding the sense to me. I get, get it. <laughs> yeah, I do too, because, again, I was arrested on so many false charges and brutalized, and they, tr they try to do the same thing to me for... The last six years of my life, honestly. Wow. Seven years, I've been, yeah. I've been fighting the system yes. since I was 20 years old. I've really been getting for I'm 35. I've never since have I not used a prison probation or dealing with some bull stuff. <laughs> I've literally paid yeah. out my whole life of not having houses. It's the lawyers and court fees. Well, let and, me say. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, well, I was one thing I wanted to add is just. Uh, before we cut it off, um, the the documentation is so important in these situations. And I know you said you had so much. Um, I would say make sure you got copies, brother, because um, the threats that they have out there for people like us, you know what I mean? Like, they're going to, they try to disrupt our paper trails because that's where all the evidence is. Like, they, they come oh, yeah. after it. Well, they have their ways and means. So backups, backups, and backups, you know? Right. Well, in addition, if I you didn't have enough to do already, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, listen, I, I'm on two canes now. I, I'm stuck on the second floor. I can't get up and down the stairs safely anymore without risking of severe slip and fall. I'm end stage degenerative joint disease 
in both hips with prominent subarticular bone cysts. And I got displaced vertebrae, L5 uh, uh, disc is ruptured, pressing on my spinal cord. I'm over 400 pounds. Recovered from the pituitary endocrine disease that did kill my uncle. But um, so I have a tabletop peddler that, you know, I bought. It's like a therapy type device. So I, yeah. but that doesn't get the heart rate up. I eat like a giant rabbit. You know, I eat organic. I get away from glyphosates, from pesticides, from, you know, processed yeah. food. You, you know what I mean? And, and so I'm good under the hood. I joke, you know, my, my doctor in Zuki at, uh, who was a Yale pituitary endocrine disorder clinic and Dr. Jairota at Sloan, they had no explanation because my vitals are all in the lowest possible risk range. I'm on no medication for high blood pressure, sugar, cholesterol. And wow. so it always threw them. Do you fast? Plus pounds. Do you yeah. fast? Yeah, I was going to say next week we're going to talk about fasting. <laughs> well, you know what I do? I, when I was on the honest, on the monastery, we would periodically do a almond and juice fast. Uh, that's what they call it. You, we would fast as long as you felt comfortable. And then if you needed something, it'd be a little juice with almond, almonds, raw almonds. Uh, that was SRF, the way they did it. Um, I think the most I did was like 20 days. I'm not a faster. Typically, I eat uh, uh, raw, organic sunflower seeds and pumpkin seeds and no, tofu. Raw, and like, We're going to talk more in depth about next week, but it's short, like fasting twice a week, just... Uh, like a three-day quick fast, you know what I mean? It, what it does is it, it, it prolongs your life about 30%, and it cuts out early stages of everything, cuts down low blood, blood pressure. It's like the snake, the serpent eating the end of the snake tail. Listen, I, I hear you. I know a lot of people do that and praise that. I filter my water, but you know, I, I hear I'm at over 400 pounds and my vitals are in the lowest possible risk range. I'm doing something right. I still got all my teeth, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And I mean, so the bottom, fighting the good fight. That's why. Like, it, it oh, listen, it. I love eating Ezekiel 49 products, Food of Life. You know, their mm -hmm. bread and their cereals that are sprouted. You know, and I, I had the organic farm, and I, 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 I was a transition, you know, from growing up in corrupt to getting near Bridgeport, you know, uh, Trumbull, Bridgeport, Stratford, where I am now. Uh, where the, the only thing I knew about a chicken or, or anything was what I found in the grocery store. You know what I mean? And so... Um, so I got to where I had chickens, I had goats, I had horse, I had all the sentient beings. I, I, I can't eat them anymore. You follow me? Because mm -hmm. I spent so much time with them. I, it was I, like I, being with my dogs. Yeah, you know what I, I mean? And I think that's how the, the Janes usually see things too, right? Yeah. I'm sorry, what'd you say, Chris? No, I was just talking about uh, the back in the days, the Indian cult, uh, religion that Shah was a part of. Jain Hinduism that they uh back they don't really can't eat any animals because it's not it's like seeing another human being or not something. Yeah, uh, I just, a being that creates other life. Yeah, like, a being that's that what they're big life. about. You can't yeah, eat I, something yeah. that's gonna reproduce and go about. You know. No, the, the first thing that, that where I had experience, I was in England coaching American football to a bunch of rugby players at Portsmouth, uh, England. Uh, they came off the. Uh, the, the, the Portsmouth uh, base, you know, the military base. And I was, uh, I went over there to coach them. Uh, you know, I, uh, I was uh, the coaches at URI lined that up when I transferred and I played at URI. But point I'm trying to make is that when I was in Europe, um, in England, you know, uh, Portsmouth, there was a lot of rural areas where you can walk right through farmers' fields because they have these walking paths that are public property. 
So, like, there'll be a fence, but there'll be a type of turnstile you can get through that the animal can't. You follow me? And there's a worn path, and you walk right through this farmer's, you know, grazing field or whatever. And right next to this farmhouse, there was obviously a cow that was hand-raised who was separate from the, the whole herd. She, she could be with them, but she chose to be by the house. And so maybe she was raised by one of the family members, I assume, because I'd walk through there and she'd approach me uh, like a dog, you know, and rub up against me. And I'd walk with her and pat her on the back and talk to her. You know what I mean? And that's the first exposure I had to uh, anything other than a dog. I didn't even have a cat growing up. Yeah. Uh, over here in the West Valley, I'd say I live for a lot of farmland. I grew up with a lot of uh, dairy farms around. Uh, alfalfa fields, cornfields. I grew up playing in cornfields because I grew up at wow. the very edge of Phoenix, where it went Phoenix, then all farmland. And my my mom's family worked in the fields. That's why we're from here. We're like third generation Mexican American and from Phoenix area. So we have all our uh, in agriculture. Always been in the fields, working in the fields, been around fields, animals, and whatnot. Uh, I would love to be having my own sustainable farmer farm myself. That'd be awesome. I tell you, I think that's the only way we're going to survive with this uh, new world order, the technocracy. And food. (laughs) Growing our own food. Uh, You know, they're hitting everything with nanoparticles and and all. You know, they got it out for us, the uh, occult powers, uh, for sure. Um, And that's no joke. I mean, um, uh, and I clearly see... You know, the hundred or so food processing plants that have burnt in the last couple months, the shipping delays, oh, all we this. We talked about that last week, too, about what's going on in, uh, where did I say it was in New Amsterdam? Not Amsterdam, in the, the Netherlands. Netherlands. How the processing oh, yeah. plant right there that the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation owned, and now the, all the farmers are trying, they're trying, uh, Netherlands are trying to take the farmer's land away to make bigger farms when they're already the best farm producers in the world. Out of the land, they have like the best way of farming. And you know, Bill Gates is trying to get his hands on it. Well, oh, oh, about it's all—it's all, the, it's all the, centralizing power, wealth transferred to the top, top, top one or one tenth of percent. Do you follow me? We know about about yeah. the food processing plants, though. Uh, they're burning them down because they're, uh, and along the lines of centralizing, uh, they're burning down food plants because they're building modern ones that don't require humans that. Uh, basically slaughter animals. Yeah, with lasers. Yeah, all AI, I read. They're going to have these huge yeah. processing plants, all AI. You know, that's that job, the, the guy who does the killing of the animal, the cow, whatever, that's the highest turnover job. Um, used to be they'd have like a, a type of a, a device that shot out like a piston into the into the cow's head. Yeah, there's one, there's one right by my house. It's not that far. Sunland Beef Co., what they do is they put the cattle into these guards and then it's like a big spike that goes into the brain of the cow yeah i mean it's brutal the cows know of course they're lining up where they have no choice they know what's happening in front. they're very intelligent beings you know what i mean very, and the chicken know. and the pigs are cut by the neck and hung by one of their feet yep. broken hanging while they're just bleeding out still alive it's heinous i i i had free-range chickens raise them from pullets and you know, you put down the feed, you put down the water, you put down, you got the heat lamp. They're looking up at you like your mom. They don't know anything but you as mom. You know what I mean? Then I picked them up. So, you know, uh, uh, kind of tuck them under my arm the way a, a mother chicken would. And so what I get getting at when I got older, I come home, they were layer, you know, laying hens. They'd run at, run and jump in my lap. And I, 
I developed a, a, a coming out of Bridgeport uh, with my father's bicycle shop. Bridgeport's an old manufacturing town, was the manufacturing hub in New England. Had 500 manufacturing plants here at the height of the war. Does that, that reminds me of the time when the make the movie Jumanji when they're in New England and he has that big plant that uh, that the kid's dad owned that made the shoes. I remember at the beginning of Jumanji. I think it was in that part of the world where the big plants had the big shoe making plant. It, well, it, it could be. I didn't see that yeah. movie, but uh, Bridge. If you if you were to Google Bridgeport, it was a manufacturing yeah, hub of New England. Yeah, most likely. I mean, we had Sikorsky and Stratford, Bridgeport Brass, Bridgeport Machinery, General Electric, Westinghouse. There was an old saying my grandma used to say to me, you lose your job, you walk 10 minutes, you can get another job in Bridgeport. It was that, you know, concentrated. But on the flip side, we had a lot of Superfund sites still, and there was a high incident, of course, of emphysema, lung cancers, you know, uh, breast cancers. You know, it's a sacrifice zone. That's what happens. You follow me? The, the bay got... The 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 uh, Long Island Sound got pol- terribly polluted at one point. Um, you know. Yeah, I've fishery. read. A, I was fortunate enough to have a really good social studies teacher in the seventh grade, who made uh, us read The Jungle by Upton by somebody. I can't remember the author, but the, about the meat packing and how they were having children work in there and oh, it's Chicago the, back in the days. Is that what it was about the meat packing in Chicago and they had like they found like fingers and sausage and stuff like that. And how those, uh, well, yeah, I mean it was it was about exposing all of it. But yeah. I'm very familiar with what you're saying. Yeah. Well, you, brothers, you know they've been using us as slaves for the longest yeah. time. You know what I mean? And, yeah. And you know the uh, of course. They didn't like it when they had labor laws come up and environmental laws. No, no, no. Then they had to ship the jobs, you know, with NAFTA to Mexico. Then, you know, Beijing, Asian pre you know, go overseas. It's because they want to maximize profit at the expense of humanity. They don't care about us. You know what I mean? This is their agenda. And right and left wing, of course, are part of the same corrupt bird. You know, you, you can't get anywhere. The courts are complete. Like George Carlin said, the courts, every, the state houses, the courthouses, the cops, the good cops won't make the bad arrest. You follow me? Yeah. But they won't write up the crimes that I report them on the on the level of the judges and the attorneys because there's a pecking order. They know, like like Serpico, they know if they go against the corruption, they're going to get fired or they're going or worse. You follow me? Yeah. If so, you're part of that group, they tell you chuck them up. They say chuck them up. The charges they'll just get dropped. Chuck them up. Yeah. The exactly. Chuck them up. Yeah. So there's good cops who I've talked to who who I knew wanted to help me. Like, you're not doing anything illegal. You know, do us a favor. Just give us some time to cool off, which I would. And then I get arrested going forward. It happened repeatedly. Department of Justice, the DOJ. Let me tell you something. Some of the judges I fought, I filed motions to recuse judges. There's a great site. Um, let me think for a second. It's um, that I use as a resource. Along with Connecticut Judicial uh, Law Rulebook, in case, you know, there's Connecticut Judicial, there, there, there's a law rulebook. You know, this website is critical. Check it out. Caught.net, the pro se way, P-R-O-S-E way. Caught, like catching a fish, .net, the pro se way. That lady got screwed in the system in Rhode Island, neighboring state. Now, keep in mind, Rhode Island's the smallest state of the 50. Connecticut's the second smallest. And that's where you have 
some of the worst nepotism and cronyism in these very small states. Do you follow? I'm sure it's everywhere. The did same. you say, do you follow did you say me? Rhode but, Island? Rhode Island is a state right next door, yeah, where I went to college when I transferred from Fordham. This caught.net, the pro se way, the lady who did this, who put together this site, which has got links galore on how to get judges recused, how to file peremptory challenges to judicial authority, how to fight corrupt judges, how to do this, how to file lawsuits. She put that together because she got railroaded in the system. That was her way of fighting back. Right. And uh, yeah, Rhode Island. What, what did the, how did what, what how, how did that uh, click for you? Uh, well, there's this, there's this super obnoxious, like, uh, I guess the word for it is like perseverance porn. But there's this judge that they're pushing all over Facebook for years. And I think he's out of Rhode Island and he just like lets people off off of like traffic tickets and stuff like that. And it's just. It's gross because it's like I I don't know him because I I went to college there but and I spent uh, some time after college there but I I am in Connecticut now I'm back in Corrupticut where I grew up. No, but, so um, for you so for you to say that it's like the mo like whenever you say that it, in reality you know it's actually like one of the most corrupt systems it makes sense that they're pushing on the propaganda machine some perseverance porn from the same place to give people a false identity of what it's about. And I was always under the assumption that Connecticut is where all the wealthy New York City people went to go have their houses and their their wives and their kids in their upstate Connecticut houses and go back to the city and mess their broads. That's exactly what happens in 95 Corridor. <laughs> and we have... We up the 95 corridor. You got Fordham in the Bronx. You got Fairfield University, Sacred Heart University, Catholic universities. Do you follow me? Jesuit, Catholic. You got, you know, Yale in the Haven. You got Harvard. And right up the 95 corridor, that's, you're right. People commute into New York. Some live in Jersey, but, but the real wealth is in Corrupticate. It's, it's old money. It's old generational money. You know, one of the founding states, of course. So, so. Um, uh, it's bad. It, and so we had a DOJ task force on corruption. You can find the press release online. 2015, a DOJ press release, Attorney Deidre Daly, Daly, Attorney Daly, D-A-L-Y, led the task force. She did that for two years. I reported to her. I wrote all my lawsuits, sent them to her. Um, I used to call there, 157 Church Street, 25th floor, after a while, when they saw my motions to recuse the judges and my lawsuits, they would transfer me right into her voicemail. Hold on, Mr. Bonatati, we'll transfer right into Deidre Daly's voicemail. Never talked to her personally. And I was told by staff attorneys I was going to be meeting with her. Okay? <clears throat> she did indict Joe Castellano. He went to prison. Another thing you can find on the Internet, DOJ press release on the CPA out of Wallingford. And so she indicts him. I said, look, there's judges involved here. I went to four judges, Anthony Rowe, Mariano, Albert. Albert sealed the case illegally, violated the um, probate law rulebook, sections 13.1, 13.2. I wrote all my motions according to the law rulebook, had all the evidence. Um, you know, and the uh, point I'm trying to make is that Trump got elected, and he, what did he do? He fired 46 Obama-assigned U.S. attorneys. Now, that's less than one per state. They're the executive directors. So all the staff attorneys are still the same. You follow me? They fired the executive director. That's pretty common when administrations turn over. But what happened was it went from you're going to be meeting with Deidre Daly to stop calling us once Trump got elected. 
And then they blocked my calls at 157 Church Street, the district office in the Haven. Wow. So I was still, yep, so I was still driving. Now, who else was on the task force on corruption that you'll find in the press release was the FBI. So I was calling into the FBI on a regular basis. Every, you know, I, would, I, I don't remember it was two years, exact time frame, it comes blurred. Because, again, we're going back 2016, 17, you know what I mean. We're going back a ways, you know. And and so I used to talk to the FBI agents, you know. And then finally I got one honest FBI agent, this woman. She you said, found Mr. one, wow. But yeah, you know what she said <laughs> to me, brother? Wow. She finally, oh, I'll tell you another story. When I went to the FBI office, but first, I'm on the phone with this lady before Trump got elected, right? And she says, Mr. Bonatati, we have everything that you've called in here. It's all on record. And this is what we were told to do. Deidre Daly put out a press release that Department of Justice, Task Force on Corruption, there was even a billboard on the highway asking people to come forward, you know, and have the courage to report. So this is what I did. And then I filed lawsuits and I started sending her that information, you know. And so anyway, so this one FBI agent says, we have everything you've called in. But I have to tell you, we're not going to do anything. I was like, what? It's too much for them to read. Well, the bottom line is, keep in mind, Judge Iannotti, the administrative judge in the courthouse, was a former U.S. attorney, DOJ attorney. Then we had... He was the administrative judge. Then we had Judge Stevens, who was here in my civil suits. He was a former U.S. attorney. Then we had Judge Emons, the first judge in Connecticut, not reinstated to the bench in 260 years. I got her recused. She was a former assistant U.S. attorney. You see? So mm-hmm. I learned to file these things by studying the law rule book and caught that net the pro se way and the <clears throat> CSI guidelines commissioned by the Department of Justice for all law enforcement. So, you know, when my degree, to get a degree in resource economics, they did offer me a grad assistantship. And when I went back to visit Professor Sutton on in the year 2000, where they were going to waive my tuition and pay me 14500 a semester, I used to outscore the grad students in the 400-level class. You know, when you're in a 400-level class, it was only two undergraduates. The rest were grad students. And I was horrible at statistics. I sucked at chemistry, anything that didn't interest me, I was horrible at. You know what I mean? But this all stimulated me because it was all about environmental cost-benefit analysis. And I was like, well, wow, if we can prove that it's, it, it, it plays out financially uh, uh, in the plus on a, on a cost-benefit analysis study to do something, then maybe we'll get it passed. Well, it doesn't work that way. Do you follow me? But that was my idealistic thinking at the time. So that's why it wasn't, it was something I loved to do. It wasn't hard for me. Do you follow me? And so, but anyway, what I'm getting at is I, I chose to go back to California and stay in operating heavy equipment. And, um, uh, but Deidre Daly got fired. So I was like, screw this. You know, I did brothers. I drove to 157 Church Street, 25th floor. And I had my a motion to recuse Judge Emons, a 74-page motion, stamped and filed, filed and stamped in the courthouse. She did recuse herself. So she was under oversight committee hearings at the time, run by Representative Tong, who's now our Attorney General. And I sent that 75-page motion to Mina Gonzalez on the House Judiciary Committee. If you were to Google Mina Gonzalez on, on judicial accountability, 
she'll come up. She was a former co-chair of the House Judiciary Committee. And so I, you could go to Hartford and testify. They only give you two minutes. I couldn't get through part of my 74-page motion in two minutes. Do you follow me? So I sent it to Saros, her assistant, uh, for them to go over. And they thanked me. Judge Eamons recused herself. That was one of the last cases she sat. Um, now, when people are corrupt, they're not just corrupt with me. Um, the, the judges in Corrupticate are assigned by the governor's office, who've got my complaints for four years, assigned by the governor's, by email. So I do everything by email. And if they require paper like the DOJ, then they get a paper. You follow me? But otherwise, I do it email. That way, it's on the ct.gov or judct.gov servers. So no one can claim plausible deniability. Do you follow me? If you follow... Even when I file my complaints with the police departments, it's always by email. That way they can't claim they didn't get it. You follow me? They cannot claim plausible deniability. It's, you understand why I do that? So, so, and then I always commend the good cops and complain against the bad cops. That way it sets up divide and conquer. You see what I mean? We do, Bill. We do. Unfortunately, my hosting device that i'm running this whole show off of is about to die so we really I hear you, bro. To cut this off um i think what i do want to say about those last things you just brought up though um it's like you're reading my mind honestly because there was a report that i'm working on for one of these future shows about um and i about how there's a power struggle between corporations and intelligence in this country so that's something we're going to talk about in the future and you should definitely for anybody listening go back to our past episodes because we did kind of touch upon almost everything you brought up in those last two episodes in one way or another um and i think we have a fan for life honestly i hope <laughs> oh absolutely listen i look forward we're, you know, I'm, a fan to, of, I'm a fan of william <laughs> hey, man, brother. hey you know what we're spiritual family. There's no accidents. I'm sure I believe in reincarnation. Didn't Jesus say that John the Baptist was Elijah come again? You know what I mean? One lifetime. Who knows how many incarnations? Jesus Christ had the incarnations of Abraham, Zoroaster, a lot of people before him too as well. Amen. Of course. And so, you know, uh, uh, there's no accident yep. that... Uh, I, I, you know, I got up this morning. I said, Lord, you know, what do you have me do today? Uh, I, I got on calling. I go, oh, these guys are. And I was listening to Gospel of Philip last night and before I went to sleep. Uh, and I was like, just kind of was kicking back. And I was like, you know, listening to some different stuff, thinking about what we're going to do today. Got some early rest. And I, I slept listening to Gospels last night while I was on in background noise. So that worked out good. Amen. Amen. I, I like to listen to the Lion of Judah. Uh, uh, oh, I love that. Uh, I love that channel on YouTube, The Lion of Judah. Yes. Yeah, they're good. That's great. Man, uh, hey, hey, brothers, it's so I, I feel uh, uplifted. I've, where two or more are gathered in his name, he is amongst us, no question. Yep. This is All a right. spiritual, you know, uh, 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 empowered by the Holy Spirit, no question. And again, uh, feel free to edit. I have no fears. I'm the, they know me at the FBI office. They wouldn't open the door for me at, at, at 1000 Lafayette Boulevard, uh, the FBI office in Bridgeport. They knew who I was. They refused they to open the come, door. Brother. <laughs> well, I'm kind of hard to miss. I'm part of both. I look like I should be on the Sopranos. Yeah, they got their cameras. 
<laughs> oh, you wouldn't believe it. I, I know you got to go, but let me just get this in. So I'm at the door and I'm pressing on the door jam. They got a little speaker, right? Yeah. I'm like, hi, this is Bill Bonatati. I've been calling into the New Haven office. You know, I got some documents with me. I'd like to have copied. I'd like to meet with an FBI agent. And so from the other, through the speaker, what do I hear? There's no one here to take your documents. <laughs> what? <laughs> We're all scared. So I'm looking around for a, spia, for a camera, you know? And I'm like, what? Is this the Wizard of Oz? I'm thinking to myself, what do you mean? This? Who's behind the, who's behind the curtain? What do you mean? Follow there's no one the here to take They want you to follow the yellow brick road. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And so I'm like, well, it's about one o'clock. It's on a Friday. Uh, it's not a holiday. You know what I mean? It's not a long weekend. I'm like, you're here. I said, I'll tell you what. I'll let me in. I'll sit down. Where are they at? McDonald's or, or Dunkin' Donuts? You know what I mean? Like, it's one o'clock. Where are they? You know? I'll know, Mr. Bonatati. Uh, there's no one here to take your documents. I'm like, do you have a name or a badge number or anything? You know what I mean? Did you lose <laughs> your hands <laughs> to the person so, speaking? So, like, I mean, you can't make this stuff up. And, and what happened at the DOJ, I can tell you that another time. I mean, that was unbelievable when I went to 157 Church Street. And so what I'm getting at is, um, so, so I, I, I well, well, you know, uh, 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 we'll call you if we need your documents is what came out of it. Because I kept calling them. I'm like, look, I'd like an appointment. I'm the Monday that followed. I want an appointment. I'm going to come down. I have to park, you know, pay the parking. You know, I'm going to come. No, we don't make appointments. But you don't make appointments? What do you mean? This is the FBI. I'm coming from Shelton. You don't make appointments? I'm coming to Bridgeport. I got to park. We'll send the car to me then. You know what I mean? Do an investigation. No, we don't do that either. I'm like, holy smokes. <laughs> really? <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, only, you know, when, you, only when the big boss calls it down is whenever they get off their asses and do something. Well, the bottom line is they know what the church has been doing. There was the Catholic Church hired an FBI agent, 2002, Kathleen McChesney, who was a former assistant executive director. Kathleen McChesney was hired by the Catholic Church since 2002. She, they, they know. If your brother, sister, son, daughter was molested, you go to the cops. They all know. You follow me? Then they've yeah, all been part it's of. It's all registered. It's all it's all documented. That's why they yes. emphasize the undocumented aspect of these people coming over. Because they're exactly. putting it on in our faces that they know what we're doing. It's like they're undocumented. Right. Guess what? You are hella right. documented. <laughs> yep. Yep. But not for and your so, benefit. Right. Right. Exactly. I mean. You know that, uh, but yeah. I always. You know, I, I, I hear your, I hear that frustration a hundred percent. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, we talk about child molestation here. We're talking about protecting children. So it always amazed me. You know what? The rape crisis center in Milford had me arrested. The Letitia James letter refers me to the Rape and Incest National Network, which is an automated system, which based on my zip code transfers me to the Rape Crisis Center. The executive director is a former sexual assault sergeant, Tony Vitti, who told me not to fight the church. He's about Catholic. You know, like, like I said, these cops all know they all got chaplains for their police departments. We're 51 percent Catholic here in Connecticut demographically. You see what happens? And so I got a, I got a not, more staggering number for you. Billion, out of $51 billion, the Catholic Church takes in from Tide every year, $51 billion, with a B, $50 billion of it comes from America. Wow. Oh, I can imagine. I'm, did you hear the, the, the French report 
on child abuse on the Catholic Church cited 300,000 kids molested, 300,000, 220,000 by priests, the others by people affiliated with the church, 300,000 over the last 50 years. Well, we have five times the population of France. You follow me? So run the numbers. I mean, Tony V's excuse was the press was blowing this out of proportion. Don't fight the church. I'm like, you're out of your freaking mind, man. It's just we have a very masculine society that a lot of these people that were molested won't ever come out and say it because they're married wives with kids and they don't want to look like that ever happened to them. They just said, well, I disagree with you, Chris. I'd say it gets, it gets back to something Bill mentioned earlier. It's the, it's the over medication of society. When, when people are blatantly like rejecting reality like that, like, like how you mentioned, um, where he said, Oh, you're overplaying it. Just ignore it. Don't fight the church. I'd, I'd ask that person what drugs they're on. Well, you, I, they, they bank on their authority positions to dissuade you, to dismiss you, especially... To see, instill fear, out of fear, right? Yes. Like they, to get you afraid, and it's it's the weaponized behavioral psychology choice architecture. Yes. It's, like a, it's a, like a little sign on the back of a dumpster or a or a construction truck that says that they're not responsible for any damage if if anything flies off the truck. It doesn't change like the liability or the insurance or how any of that's going to work in the case of an accident. The sole purpose of the sign is to intimidate someone out of not initiating the claim at all. Well, and, I'll tell you and, what. You... And by putting a 30-cent sign on the back of the truck, they prevent thousands of dollars in insurance claims it's true and also you know when you go up against these large companies of course the courts are no longer a place where you can get any remedy they forget about it. they they yeah. and and the ultimate the ultimate is the right they always what i found every police report is full of false statements and declarations completely false they overcharge and the prosecutors run with this, and they're looking for some type of plea bargain. Ninety-four percent of the cases never go to trial. Well, of course, we have the largest penal colony in the world with 2.3 million people incarcerated in jails and prisons, and we have only 4.5 percent of the world's population. Thirty percent of the world's incarcerated women are incarcerated in the United States of America. There are more people who have criminal records in this country than have college degrees. I mean, we are home of the land. That would be me. That would be me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they, in fact, if you include the people on probation, I believe the numbers are up around 7 million in in the correctional system. You follow me between those in prison and it's like 4.6 million on probation and something like 2.3 million in prisons. But of course, You're correct. that doesn't include, you know, uh, uh, those who were held overnight, or you know, uh, who knows what the true numbers are too. I, I question. You know what I mean? It's, if it's coming from the government or in any oversight group, um, it may yeah, be ordered. In, in my opinion, the prison systems are concentration camps, literal. But like, they're never going to be called concentration camps. They're going to show up as something else. So it's important to recognize, like, oh, when oh, not, this whole. They're never going to be labeled blatantly. So I think that's what a a lot of Americans are waiting for. Like, they won't be upset unless they literally see something pop up called the concentration camp. Well, you you have... 
you have to think about if we have 330 million people roughly in this country, whatever it is in that number range, even with 7 million in the criminal justice system, it's a, it's, although it's the largest penal code system in the world, despite our population being a fraction of Russia or China, our incarceration rate is nearly five, six times that of China. You know, we think of China as being the great abuser. We incarcerate somewhere around 700 people per 100,000. You know, the numbers keep shifting. It's hard to find even a current assessment, to be honest with you. But where China's around 120 per 100,000, and their population is three times the size of ours. And we have a larger penal colony than but China. They, they we, also have they the same um, type of they all look the same. They all have the same religion and stuff like that. They have us all separated here in this country, which creates hatred what's among each other. Of course. They want to foment the, uh, the uh, you know, divide and conquer and keep us, you know, that whole system, the uh, uh, Democrat, uh, Republican system was set up specifically by the, you know, occult powers to separate us and keep us at one another. You know, what really bothers me was the idea of what they call illegal immigrants or aliens. I mean, that even that label is dehumanizing. It that's is, why that's why I use the undocumented term. I agree. Yes. That's, I mean, yeah. first of all, the only the only natives of this country are the American Indians. So, who is anyone to point to somebody else? You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. And and when I was in Southern California, I could tell you working construction a lot of people were coming over the border every day. I was working San Diego County at one point, and they're they're undocumented. They got fake papers, and there's people for the large companies that I work for, several, who know the pipeline. You know, they have foremen who work the pipeline to get the undocumented, and that way they have, you know, we, we, our labor rights are being violated constantly on these construction sites. And whenever reported to the, the Department of Labor, oh, you know, we don't have any field workers. You know, it's all hand in glove. You know what I mean? The corrupt corporations make use of the 13 million or so undocumented to make major profits and not pay benefits, not pay a living wage, not, you know what I mean? And drive the wage down for everybody else. Of course, they've outsourced the majority of the, over, who knows, they say five to seven million manufacturing jobs, but how about all the service industries that supported the manufacturing jobs, like General Electric around Boston Avenue, you know, that got shut down. Well, you got diners, you got, you know, uh, other restaurants, you, you got retail outlets, you know, you know, the, 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 the giant sucking sound that, that, uh, uh, Ross Perot talked about before your time. There was a guy running for president. His name was Ross Perot. I remember, remember Ross Perot. I remember Ross Perot. Yeah. I'm familiar because I'm when, just that much of a nerd. And you're a Texas. Yeah, right. And, and remember him, he said, you know, NAFTA, NAFTA, you don't want that. You're going to hear a giant sucking sound. We're going to be our jobs going to Mexico, then to Asia. You don't want that NAFTA, you know? And of course he was right. He was a corporatist who was trying to fight the system. Of course they threatened him. You know who else says this? Jesse Ventura talks about, you know, the Zabruder tapes, you know, JFK being assassinated. The Zabruder yeah. tapes. Are the I want to. I want to do a whole hour about um, just the general state of the world, but Chris has to let me talk for an hour, so we have to go about that independently, like off the side. Whenever he wants to let me take control of the whole show for an hour, 
but before we before we absolutely get cut off and potentially lose everything because you know how apps are oh, right, right. there's essentially elves working behind the scenes yeah. making things happen iPhone's really red <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't i don't want to i don't want to find out what happens when the device dies and we're in the middle of a show so right. thank you so much william bill or Anything, Bill. We had a dog, and, and and there was, you know, three kids in the house plus me. So my mother would sometimes would, uh, uh Linda, Laurie, uh, uh, Snoopy, uh, uh, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> so Bill is. Hey, it's good to talk to you. I'm so glad to met you all. Well, if you guys want to talk during the week and off off the show about anything. Absolutely. How should people uh, yeah, get, um, get in touch with you and support your uh, efforts, your fight, if you have any ways of people doing I, that? I'm not doing anything like GoFundMe or anything like that. I, I got booted off Facebook. So um, I, to be honest with you, I've been trying to work through the Inspector General's office, the Police Oversight yeah, Committee. Trend. <laughs> What's that? Snapchat? <laughs> I'm, yeah, I, I haven't. I haven't don't forget, I'm, I'm 62. I grew up without a uh, without a smartphone. I'm 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 kind of a retard. That's not the right word. I'm I, I, <laughs> not I, a you know. I, <laughs> I, I wouldn't yeah. use that word because you're here, brother. Like you found you found your way out of everything you're saying. You know, you yeah. I see your profile and, and I hear a voice. You know, you got that far. Like, yeah, yeah. So but I'm a little not. technically challenged. You know, regarding all these devices. You know what I mean? Because I operated heavy equipment. I didn't have to know any of it. You know, I was mm-hmm. operating the equipment. So, but what I'm trying to say is, I can I give you my, I can give you my phone number and my email. That's what I have right now. Happy to give it anyone who wants to call. It's I'm disabled. The, it's, home full time. Yeah, it's on the record, brother. If you're comfortable with that, um, people can definitely sure. reach out to you that so way. My my email is like the digging equipment backhoe, B A C K, H O E, Bill, the numeral one, at gmail.com. Okay. Backhoe Bill one. Yep. All right. At Gmail. Yep. And then my, I, I still California dreaming. I still got that seven, six Oh area code cell phone number, uh, where I spent 23 years, seven, six, zero, eight, zero, three, two, three, one, seven, seven, six, zero, eight, zero, three, Two three one seven. I am in Connecticut, so it is Eastern Standard Time, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, the only times I'm not available is Tuesday and Thursday from two to three. I have preset uh, a conference call at that time. Uh, all the rest of the times, you know, if you call in, if the, because my I need my hips done and my back done. I, I sleep very regular hours because of the my hips shifting around the pain. The Whatever. So uh, sometimes the phone's recharging or it's, just leave a message. I'll be happy to call back, uh, email me, and I'll email back. I like talking, as you can tell. Happy to talk to anybody. Any way I can help anybody, too. Look, I'm not a lawyer, but here's how I got my SSDI. Here's how I fought the hotel industry for 10 months. It took them to get me out when they violated contract. No, I can't. I've never won, but I've never lost an arguable motion, per se. And I... The best you can hope to do is fight the system long and hard. And then how do they get cases dismissed? All this I was, I was really enjoying doing on Facebook. But, uh, when I, when I cited, cited, citing the pandemic, 
and everything that off the NIH library, PubMed, Open Access Medical Journal, that impeaches them. That's when I got booted off Facebook. I can expand mm-hmm. on that too. Um, but um, all in so good anyway. time, brother. If you're if you're tuning in here, you'll hear us talk about it all day, every day. That's what we want to we want to bring awareness to the new world order and their attacks on us and how everybody can just say no to it um well listen if you want to do more than one show a week uh uh shah if chris isn't isn't available you know you be in touch with me we could do one you know i mean i'll just Mm -hmm. we'll just do one um uh, or you know chris if you can be available for part of it or i mean this is my life right now you know i i i I, I, after what I saw happen to Dozinger in the federal courts fighting the Ecuadorian rainforest Chevron in Texaco, you know, they hit him with a contempt charge yeah. for not turning over. I know the federal courts are no different. I've talked to people who got hit with vexatious litigation, even clerks I know who tried to fight certain corrupt attorneys, and it cost them 19 grand. You know what I mean? I don't have mm-hmm. that money. Not, they, got, they can't get blood out of a stone. But the, going to the federal courts... From everybody I've been talking to, the superior courts, it's, it's, it, it, we, we just can't, uh, I've never known anyone to get anywhere. I know other people have been put in the psych ward too here in the corrupted system. More mm-hmm. than me. Two others. Once, two cycles through that. And, uh, mm-hmm. she moved off to Utah to escape from it. You follow me? She was a whistleblower. Yeah. And so, you, um, that, that's, that's, that's the circus they set up. They're, Yep, they're intimidating and fear, and that's their response to true-blooded Americans who want to stand up and fight for their rights. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, okay, hey, I, again, I, I'm conscious of your phone dying, and thank you so much. Uh, I've been a blessing, and Chris, uh, you know, uh, namaste. <laughs> Likewise, Bill. Thank you so. Much. I'd like to remind you all to keep. One eye on the sky and two eyes on real life. Thank you so much. Bye.